Saturday, Bob Howdy, and welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, the podcast that reads, wink, way too much into every single scrap of information related to the human question mark and noted author that is beloved American icon, Ernest P. Worrell, as portrayed by the late, great human encyclopedia, Jim Varney. This is episode 19. Hey, Vern, it's books. I am your host, Aaron, and this is my lovely co-host, David. Welcome, readers. Just take a look. It's in an earnest book. You don't Reading have to take our word for confusion. it. Confusion. <laughs> this is the books episode, Dave. We made it. <laughs> the one we were all waiting for. <laughs> Everyone was like, gosh, I love reading so much. That's what Ernest is really known for, his authorship. Yeah, his literature. Can't wait till we get to that one. literature. Yes, capital L for sure. So first let me say, Dave, that since you are an author. Oh, that's right. It's lucky that you're the co-host. Yes, I am the author of the recently published uh, The Lego Animation Book from No Starch Press. Plug, 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 plug. Yeah, this is all the plugs. Go get David's book. Yes, it teaches kids and adults and everything in between and before and after how to do filmmaking and stop motion animation with Lego bricks and characters. Yes. If you saw the Lego movie and were like, I want to do that, uh, then this is the book for you. We can leave it at that. Uh, Folks can find that over at setbump.com slash book. And I got a special thank, right? Yes. And Aaron helped with the book also. And I helped. Yeah. (laughs) Shake and bake (laughs) style. So being an author myself, I'm glad to now be contemporaries, let's say, <laughs> with such noted authors as Ernest, Ernest P. P. Worrell. Yeah. People may not know, Dave, that Ernest authored two books. And in the Ernest tradition, I will say they do have lots of pictures. Makes sense, doesn't it? It does. But with his dyslexia sure. and all, sure. which we have established. Yes. The first book is called, It's the Ernest P. Worrell Book of Knowledge. Knowledge is spelled K-N-A-W. It's got, if you can believe it, Ernest grinning face on the cover. It does. I like how the back is just the back of his head. And know what I mean is spelled backwards. (laughs) That's brilliant. So this book of knowledge was released in 1985. And then the second book was Ask Ernest. And this one was published in 1993. So So good. Eight years later. The, the world was asking for a new Ernest book and... The Ernest, world was asking for Ask Ernest. Ernest delivered, yeah. Ask Ernest what, when, why, and who cares. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> um, nice. And let that set the tone for at least <laughs> Ask Ernest. So of these books, I've only read Ask Ernest. Same. Aaron, Aaron got it for me for Christmas. Was it your birthday or was it Christmas? It was your Christmas. It was my Christmas. Yeah. Yes. It was a birthday, but not mine. And I, I believe, did I get you the Book of yeah, Knowledge for Christmas? Yeah, you got me the Book of Knowledge. I think maybe Possibly? even before this podcast existed. Definitely you got this for me before the podcast. Yeah. I was just getting... Getting into earnest, I fell down a hole sure. into earnest love. And I put this book down into the hole so that Erin could try to grab on and like get out. But instead she just, just grabbed she grabbed the book the, and not my hand and then just like <laughs> fell down further. And yeah, I've I've kind of casually read bits of Book of Knowledge, but I haven't read it cover to cover the way we both just did ask Ernest. I will say this about the Ernest books, having seen both of them now. Unlike, let's say, the Lego animation book, yeah. I don't believe that they are meant to be read <laughs> in, in, let me finish this sentence. They're not meant to be read in a way that's like you sit down and you read a book from cover no, to cover. No, no. Not this in any specific order like, or anything. And actually that is closer to my book, but I digress. They're very like sort of like kind of all over the place. It's kind of like a magazine made by yeah, Ernest. They, like, I will give it to them. They do feel like Ernest wrote them. <laughs> 
they because yeah. they are fairly nonsensical. They weave in the way that no one ever sees my hand weaving when it's I just describe like a it. Random assortment of at least for Ask Ernest. What's so? What we've done is we are not as familiar with Book of Knowledge. We've gone flipped through it. Yes, we just read Ask Ernest. Yes, so we will discuss Ask Ernest first, despite being the newer volume, and then we will go back in time and check out. Book of Knowledge with all of you on the podcast. Yes, we're going to do a live, confusing. a live excerpted reading, <laughs> if that's a word, of the Book of Knowledge. But first, let's discuss Ask Ernest. Well, it is very visual. It's Ernest's head pasted on things. It looks a lot like the opening to Ernest Rides Again. Okay, so I have some notes that I've okay. taken on Ask Ernest. My first note, uh, very 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wrote, this is brain trust humor most closely similar to Hey Vern, It's Ernest or Win $10,000. Hmm. It's a mix of ad gags, things that annoy the writers, actual real facts mixed with half-truths, weird jokes. Things that annoy the writers. Bad puns, folksy color, and Ernest asides. The design reminds me of... Barbara Lazuski. I have that exact thing. The design looks like Hey Vern, It's Ernest and is very Monty Python slash collage slash Barbara Lazuski. Barbara Lazuski being, of course, the graphic artist for Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Many and of the title the sequences. Title sequences of many of the movies, including Ernest Rides Again. And Ernest Rides Again, also 1993. Ah, that makes sense. So I feel like I they were like... Some, yeah, the images are very similar. It's like... Ernest's head pasted onto what looked like historical drawings. Yes, absolutely. Or just like old public domain art. Yes. Perhaps, you know, I hesitate to go towards any conjecture related to... No, why would we do that? Um, any conjecture related to your world as I see it. Uh, but I feel like this is another <laughs> thing where they were like, okay, the Disney 4 are done. What are we doing with Ernest now? Let's do another book. Let's do another movie. Let's figure out what's. Well, yeah, figure let's figure out. Let's throw some stuff against the wall and see what sticks. And that's what this feels like. I'm really glad that these exist because I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, I need more Ernest. This is a fascinating peek into Ernest's mind. I will say that this seems very much like Ad Ernest. Yes, I agree with that. Like we said, Ad Ernest is a much bigger jerk yep. than Film Ernest. Film Ernest is a big sweetie pie. Sure. He's a muffin. He's a <laughs> well, muffin I, man. I wrote too. In a lot of ways, it feels like the Ernest Brain Trust writers are trolling us. <laughs> There's no page numbers. Ernest's bio, which we'll get to, oh my gosh. is very bizarre. <laughs> and the table of contents <laughs> is a picture of a table. That's the worst. There's no actual table of contents. It is just a picture of a table with some contents yeah. on it. Yeah. Some might call it a curiosity table. Hey, it does look like a curiosity um, table. But I, I do feel like this is very appropriate to discuss as the next earnest thing after win $10,000. Yeah. Because again, it feels like a practical joke in a lot of yeah. ways. It feels like they're spiritually related. It's definitely in the same tone as exactly. it's the same win like $10,000. Type it's of humor. Like bizarre and you bought this. Like yeah. That. You got a lollipop road all over your oh, face. Oh, man. You know, in my copy of Ask Ernest, there's an inscription oh. on the front page which says, To my good buddy Snookums, hope you enjoy. Always your friend Annie. Merry Christmas, 1993. Snookums, wherever you are. God bless you. I bought your book. <laughs> uh, just to say one more thing that's sort of a, a macro thought about this book. Sure. This book feels like the perfect book to go in your bathroom. Yeah. Like those sort of you like... flip through those, it randomly. Kind of like those old-timey books of like um, like manners and like like folksy advice, well, ways to live. Well, there are books that are... There's an actual book series called like The Bathroom Reader. Exactly. And it's just like random information. 
You got page sounds here. I do have page David's... sounds. I just picked up my copy of <laughs> David, Ask Ernest. David's copy of Ask Ernest looks insane because he's put about 100 yellow sticky notes on various pages. We'll post a photo. But uh, to go back to what I was just saying, I will start our dissection of Ask Ernest with reading the back of the book. There are some more, as is the Ernest tradition, fake pull quotes. Okay. And the first one is from Steve Leisure, condo owner. And it says, <laughs> quote, riveting, absolutely riveting. I was glued to the edge of my toilet seat. The toilet book for sure. So there you go. Um, some other pull quotes include, this book did not make me nauseous. And that's from Daniel Butler, cheese master. Me nauseated. Uh, News Weekly says, quote, a brand new book. <laughs> I like this one by Alex Mabane. Yep. Convenience store clerk. At first, it was uncertain if Ernest could even write. This book has definitely removed all doubts. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Quote, where can I get one of those hats? That's the Pope. Pope John Paul II. Yeah. Quote, makes a great gift horse in the mouth. That's Mr. Ed. Yeah. Uh, that's And again, to go back to your world as I see it, that's not a full sentence. Well, he's a horse, I mean. Of course. And then finally, a quote, you've got to be kidding. And that's attributed to Vern. A rare moment of Vern speaking yeah, he's, or writing. He, he is, must have written that in. All right. So should we get into this? Yeah. I mean. Listeners, you're going to hear a lot of rustling as we uh, yeah, thumb our way through these copies. And we're good. Okay. Here we go. Okay. The biography. First yes. of all, let's, let's I'm gonna, do it. We could spend a whole podcast on this biography. We could literally just read these books aloud. No, we can't. Okay. Oh, God. Okay, I, I love the picture of Ernest that goes with his biography. His lips are pressed closed in a flat way, but he's puffing his cheeks out. It's, it's, it's a, really cute. a window-free apricot smash. I'll just read it. Please do, Aaron. This is Ernest's biography in Ask Ernest again. The About the author, essentially. Ernest P. Worrell is a full-time registered nurse with extensive experience in the care of persons with eating disorders. In addition to his vast entertainment, movie, and television career, Ernest is also the proprietor of Miss Edna's Moon Pie in the Sky in Scotchgard, Ohio. This restaurant and bakery specializes in single-serving, frozen dinner entrees, and processed fish bait. His previous books are The American Bed and Breakfast Cookbook for Raising Your Sodium Level, The Book of Knowledge, and Family Diesel Repair Made Simple with Dr. Otto. So What? First, can we talk about uh, Scotchgard, no, Ohio? No, no. can we first talk about the <laughs> fact that Ernest is a registered nurse who treats eating disorders? This, I feel like that's the headline. This does tie into our notion that Ad Ernest is an actor who plays film Ernest. That's one of the things I thought was like, yes, we said that in Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain, that Ad Ernest could be the actor that plays Ernest. Correct. In the movies, which this does lend credence to that theory, mm -hmm. for show, they just said it. I think it's sweet that he takes about half of this to plug his wife's business. Sure. Edna P. Worrell, who we know from the ads, or we infer from the ads, is Ernest's wife. Yep. So this is definitely at Ernest. Yep. And, okay, I have to, I'm sorry, what the heck is with the registered nurse and the, please help me out here with the registered nurse. Of all the jobs I thought at Ernest would have, him being a registered nurse is crazy. So there's a couple of things here. There's a lot of... First, clearly we were wrong, or we misspoke earlier. He has actually written three other books, including this one. Yeah. Well, Book of Knowledge is mentioned. Yep. We don't have 
I don't. I've never seen a published version of the American Bed and Breakfast Cookbook for raising your sodium level. And the Family Diesel Repair Book. So now that ties into the notion of are Ernest and Otto <laughs> separate people? Okay, so the fact that Ernest, among his published works, lists Family Diesel Repair Made Simple with Dr. Otto. Yeah. I'm going to take that as an admission that he is Otto. And now, Ernest is Otto. Now, see, I'm going to say that he co-authored that book with Dr. Otto. <laughs> no. And that's why. So it's that's like. That's not how I took it at all. It's like family diesel repair made simple. Ernest P. Worrell with, with Dr. Dr. I, Otto. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Well, I took it as that first he was Dr. Otto, which sure. I said he's Dr. Otto. And then he became Ad Ernest. Yeah. So Dr. Otto authored this book about family diesel repair, whatever, became Ernest. Then when he wrote his books, was like, should I list the book I wrote when I was Dr. Otto in my, <laughs> oh, that's in my, like, in my list? Of, yeah, I guess I yeah. should. I wrote it. So what you're saying is and Dr. Otto. I got to have as many books in here as possible. So Dr. Otto wrote a book, got into the changing coffin, became Ernest, became Ernest and then wrote the these other books. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I that's that's what I took from it. I said, oh, okay, he's listen. He's that's Otto. plausible. He just, he just admitted that he was Otto. Sidebar about the question of whether Ernest is Otto. I saw a VHS box of Doctor Otto in the Riddle of the Gloom Beam lately. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And the text on the back actually does question: Is Doctor Otto Ernest? Is and I, Ernest Otto? I mean, I, that's my question. I don't know if that's what the VHS cover said. I have it here. From his neon lit cave, Dr. Otto is on the verge of attaining his deranged dream of world domination. Mm. Can that bubblehead Lance Sterling stop the diabolical scientist with 15 fingers? Is Otto really your old buddy Ernest? Will those wicked wenches ruin their beautiful manicures? If Lance can unravel the riddle without wrinkling his nose, if the pirate's iguana can talk, if you can spell Otto's name backwards, hold on to your brain and let his mayhem of a movie unhinge you. I don't think the iguana ever talked. But can it? Uh, but yes, yeah, so even the VHS box questions whether Otto is Ernest I would say or Ernest vice versa. Is Otto, vice versa. Like Otto first and then became Ernest, lived out the rest of his life, married Edna, wrote these books. So the other thing became that I was a film star, the other thing I guess. that I was going to say, and this is something that we're always talking about, is the idea of Ernest as a character within Ernest's world versus what the Ernest writers are doing. Well, and I feel like what the <laughs> Ernest writers are doing here are just like. What's us? what? Yes. What is the goofiest job we could attribute to Ernest? And I mean, this this feels like that. <laughs> at the same time, I can kind of see it. Kind of see Ernest being a registered nurse. Sure. Especially leaning too Ernest. hard on people's. I just uh, say cast I think Ad Ernest has a stable job. I always kind of felt like he did. Sure. Because it's just because he has a wife, and I just he just seems stay. He lives in the same place with Vern. Yeah. Just seems stable to me. We it's have, bizarre to read that he's a registered nurse. We have not with even extensive gotten experience in the care of persons with eating disorders. We could also we have not even gotten Edna past the title page. Oh my god. We have not even gotten past. <laughs> okay, we have to move on. Yes. Oh gosh. After the biography, basically, yeah, it's a it's a random collection. It's like assorted wisdom, travel tips, bizarre recipes. Recipes. There's like a lot of fake versions. Oh, fake history. There's a ton of fake history. There's a ton of fake history. The weird thing that also feels like trolling is that a bunch of it is interspersed with like real facts. 
and like real That's Americana where things. So confu- I was feel like there real Americana? There was definitely real facts in here because um, – so what I did was I basically wrote down notes to myself and then used them as bookmarks. insane, David. It, all right. I'm just, Take it easy, Mrs. Like, I have I mean, a million envelopes with tally marks from win $10,000. Careful where you like cast those stones. The whole thing is post-it notes. So um, this is a page – Again, there are no page numbers. Nope. The writers this are trolling us. This is a page. Yes. Go ahead. This is a page in the book called Drive You Crazy, appropriately. And I'll read this. Uh-huh. Americans drive 65 miles per hour on the freeways and everything goes by pretty quick. So we must take some time to brush up on the numbering system of the interstate highways. This is one of the things that I'm a New Yorker. I just got my driver's license. I don't exactly know if this is true or not. I'll leave that to you. Uh, It is true. So Ernest tells us. Yeah. An even-numbered interstate runs east and west with low-numbered ones in the south and high-numbered ones in the north. An odd-numbered interstate runs north and south with the low numbers numbers in the west and the high numbers in the east. It's like the opposite of Manhattan. an interstate with three digits means you are on a loop or a beltway and you're probably going in circles. Is that true? The only thing I'm not sure about is the The three-digit thing. thing. I'm pretty sure that three digits means that it's an offshoot of a main interstate. Okay. So, so that that makes it more difficult because you can't... So I saw this a bunch of times where they use real true things yeah. as like the lead into a joke. Yeah. And that makes it... It makes it simultaneously more confusing, more authentic, and more hilarious. But because some I'm just things like, are true, you are most just things messing are not. with us. Yep. <laughs> you can't like assume it's all true. You can't assume it's all fake. Yep. Yep. I mean, a lot of these tips, a lot of them have to do with avoiding embarrassment in social situations. Yes, and that, that feels like a bathroom a companion book too. That seems to be a fixation of Ernest's in general, like how to act at a fancy party. He he wants to present himself as sophisticated at all times. So he's really obsessed with it. He's constantly giving you tips on like how to not embarrass yourself. Yep. There's a ton of fake history, a ton of travel tips. So all of it pretty consistent with Ernest's interest in history and also confusion about history. Like he's extremely interested but he has all the wrong information but it also feels very american yeah um something that you and i both love is the sam and max freelance police comics this feels like those sorts of like especially like sam and max hit the road uh-huh like that's sort of like taking weird americana things and kind of like twisting, twisting them, them. Yeah, and like yeah. exaggerating them it's like a world's largest toenail and yeah stuff like exactly that. yeah i like how much of it is focused on just not embarrassing himself so there's like a page on what to do if you forget someone's name sure there's a page on how to eat sushi yep which i thought was sweet sushi's kind of a fancy food there's a lot about like hair care and grooming there is a lot about personal grooming yeah which again is about presentation. How yeah, you present not embarrassing yourself. yourself. Sure. Oh, Ernest. Okay, <laughs> so I feel like we should to get things a little more structured. We should try to like break this down into. I've got stuff that I find especially nonsensical. Sure. Stuff that I find especially insightful. Yep. And then other things that we need to talk about. I mean, this book is all over the place. My notes are all over the place. So I will defer to you to. So let's go lead with us through the especially nonsensical. Yes. First. One page of this book is just a list of people who have weird eyes. Oh, yes. Hold on one second. Like, that's not anything. Yeah. It's just a list of people or things that Ernest thinks have weird eyes. Bambi is on here. Uh, Boy George. Flounders. Umpires. Needles. Oh, Ernest. Mr. Potato Head. Umpires. Little Orphan Annie. Uh, I will say, again, I I said at the start that this feels like a very 1990s book. It's weird to see... Ernest and Ren and Stimpy listed as yeah. 
contemporaries or like the idea that Ernest knows, knows who about Ren and, Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy is. Yeah, that is it's, a little bit bizarre. I mean, he does watch a lot of cartoons it's and weird children's television. weird to think that he lives in our world. That's true. That's, That's what true. it is. And then, oh, what else did I get? Okay, one of the craziest things in this book to me is that there is a page about... How to eat a scorpion. Oh, yes. It's a list of instructions like like how to eat a lobster. Yeah. Like that are on placemats sometimes at lobster places. Instead, it's how to eat a scorpion. I feel like this is Ernest conflating multiple things. The way he's describing but it is exactly he, lobster. This is probably the most disturbing thing in the book to me. Twist off the pincers. Is, these are all illustrated. Crack them with a mallet. Bend off the tail. Remove the stinger. Destroy the body. Yeah. So I mean, again, it's like it starts <laughs> out like correct for lobster anyway. Right. Um, and then it gets more ridiculous. So it is, again, like half true, half ridiculousness, half earnest. Use the legs for a straw. Uh, and then, of course, number nine, put the stinger in Vern's chair. Of course. He calls them sand shrimp, a rock roach, and Navajo, Navajo caviar. caviar. I mean, that's sort of sing-songy and Yeah, flowery. I mean, he makes up Americana. So this is another thing that I was thinking about as I read this book. Did you feel like this book was entirely in Ernest's voice? Um, I think it's supposed to be. Okay. But then there's some parts where it feels like was a guest column because it just doesn't sound like him. I agree There was with that. one bit that just didn't sound like Ernest at all to me, but it was only one bit. So like the scorpion thing, for example, is, is I definitely very obviously Ernest. Ernest's voice. Not only because he's talking to Vern in it, but also it just sounds like the way he talks. Yeah. But then, yeah, you're right. Other things sound more like a guest columnist or something that would be in a book like this, but doesn't necessarily sound like Ernest's voice or Ernest's manner of speaking. Yeah, there there was one, I can't remember, there was one that didn't sound like him to me. I think it might be here, this one. Things your mother told you, which are myths. This is going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. It says, this, of course, usually comes on the front end of inflicting physical pain on you, either manually or with the aid of outside means. That doesn't really sound like Ernest. I think this is the one that made me think the same thing. Yeah. It says, the fallacy is obvious. The only time this came true for me was when the double pump 30.06 shotgun mother was aiming at me for leaving my socks in the hallway, backfired through the chamber, annihilating a third of her face and most of her neck. What? That's what it says. I totally missed that. You didn't see this? No. It's crazy. Yeah. So I feel like that's not Ernest. Yes. He might be a Vern guest column. Or I'm an Ernest brain trust writer and I wrote this for something else. Let's put it in this book. Yeah. Well, we have to make it make sense to our brains. Right, right, right. So I'll say that this is a guest column. I'm going to say Ernest outsourced this one. It just doesn't (laughs) sound like him. And I don't think his mother shot himself herself in the face he had chuck and bobby write some of these <laughs> yeah that's the only one that stood out to me is, mm. but yeah this was also on my list of most disturbing things in this book sure otherwise i think it's earnest the earnest unclassifieds i wasn't sure where um, is that the earnest unclassifieds is oh gosh i don't know where it is somewhere in the book there are no page numbers <laughs> This book is a prank. Here, it's like in the middle. Just look at it. I don't need to look at it. Okay. So. Oh, yes. The thing that stood out to me in the Ernest Unclassifieds as particularly bizarre was the blue kitty with retractable antenna. Answers to the name. Yes. Answers to the name, quote, Amal the Night Visitor. 
What uh, is this? Is this a reference? I don't know. It's supposed to be like, I guess, classified ads in Ernest Town, and one of them is a found ad. Somebody saying that they found a blue cat that is an alien, presumably. It and definitely I seems don't like know an alien. Why <laughs> there's a, a blue cat alien? No, I don't know either. I'm googling blue cat alien. I just I, got Avatar stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what this is? It feels like some of it is written by Ernest, and it feels like some of it is stuff that Ernest, Ernest would read. Or, or, oh, yeah. or, or that Ernest found, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the kind of stuff that would be in, what is it, The Weekly Intruder? Is that the uh, the tabloid that he's reading? Yeah, well, some of this stuff I feel like is, yeah, stuff Ernest is reading or wrote or the occasional guest column by poor Vern, who had a disturbing childhood, apparently. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have worst pun. Do you want to know what it is? What is the worst pun? If you take the words stork, dork, and New York, put them in a little cellophane sack and seal it, you have a bag of pork rhymes. That is the worst <laughs> pun in the book. That's it. Yeah, it's not. I got it. It's and this is a best. book full of puns. There's one page, which is just, they replaced a bunch of song titles that had the word you with the word you like the sheep. There's a bunch of song titles that are under the headline, Edie Gourmet Picks the Platters. And that has all food-related puns, mm. like Whistle a Happy Tuna, uh, Two Loaves Have I, <laughs> two loaves have Peelings, <laughs> Oh God, Up, Up, and Away, all right. Soul Man, uh, Like the Fish. Anything else especially nonsensical for uh, you? So, again, this feels like a prank book. Um, <laughs> I have a note that just says, Not a Real Maze. And that is on the oh, page that is a picture. But I, but I did the maze. Did you? Yeah, I got through. No, how? It's a picture of a brain, but I managed. I mean... There's a way to get it done. Th- Look, sure. it's a drawing of a brain, a very realistic drawing of a human brain that is probably just a drawing of a brain, but they figured it could double as a maze, and they just put it in. And it works, because I, I got there. So in <laughs> in relation to the nonsensical nature of much of this book, uh-huh. I have a note that, let's see, it says... Did children try this? I'm sorry? And that's on the picture puzzle? <laughs> the picture puzzle. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, I tried the picture puzzle. No, no. I asked, did children try this? Well, <laughs> so I'm saying I tried it. This is not unlike what you might find in, let's say, Highlights Magazine. This feels like the trolling. So anything that's a game or a quiz, yeah. all trolling. Yeah. Like, like- you can't do this picture puzzle. It's just a random... I can't even explain this. Let's see. It's a framed uh, drawing of a buffalo, Vern's house, uh, a cow skull, a cowboy on a horse, a cactus, a tire with an arrow in it. Some drawings and in a, a square. Yes. And in the in the top right hand corner is a picture of Vern's house, and Ernest is on the opposite corner, on the bottom, bottom left. left. Yep. So game right. A, Ernest suffers from deja vu. Object. Help Ernest find his way to Vern's. So just go around that Rules. Course. Ernest must go around each obstacle once and only once, nor may he cross his own path. To determine winner, use a string or ruler and follow path as drawn. You cannot go out yeah, of the there's border. A, there's no obstacle. There's like one thing in his way to Vern's house. He but then it gets draw a line right around. more ridiculous. Color the drawings as you go. In <laughs> case of tie, replay the game using an egg timer set at two minutes. So it's just trying to aggravate children. Game B, find the missing buffalo. I feel, okay, if I were a kid, I would 100% try this. Oh, absolutely. Because I believe everything an adult told me. Yep. And if an adult told me yep. to do this game, I would do this game. 
That's why, if, like, because of the way Ernest is included on this page, this doesn't feel like Ernest wrote it. This feels like someone Definite, is writing oh, it so, about yeah, Ernest. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And whether it's Vern or the Ernest writers or... Oh, uh, yeah. There are some pages that feel more about Ernest. Yes. But I will say that those are exceptions. Yes. Um, but you are right. And can we briefly sidebar about the opposite page where... Where the, the boys are? Yeah, it, my note, my first note on this was, what is this? <laughs> well, well, okay, Ernest is holding a map of the United States. The lower 48, yep. And then there's a list of locations, Homer, Alaska, Clifton, Arizona, Norman, Arkansas, Arnold, California, Craig, Colorado, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just a bunch of locations that have boys' names. And then my second note was, are boy these... name cities, question mark? Yeah. But then it's just like, Boise, Idaho. Is that implying that there is a boy named Boise? No, or is it, it just, just that it has like boy boys. in it? It just sounds like boys. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Nelson, Nevada? Is there Nelson, Nevada? This is the thing. You don't know what is true in this book. And then they got... See, we have Google. Right. But if you bought this book back then, you did not have the Google. Correct. Well, what you also so didn't have... it just drove you insane. What you also didn't have is the word troll yet. There is a Nelson, Nevada. What was the pre-internet or pre-ubiquity of the internet equivalent of a troll? I keep calling it pranks, but... I guess prank, yeah. Yeah. So it's a prank book. But yeah, I guess a lot of these places are real. Is there a Victor, New York? <laughs> the rest of this episode will be Aaron <laughs> looking up the authenticity of... But um, that's what makes you insane, isn't it? Again, which makes me feel like this is a spiritual tie-in to win $10,000. Okay, there is a Victor, New York. Okay, all right, all right. So yeah, some of this stuff is true. Yeah. But for all I knew, he had made up all these locations. Yeah. All right. That's my nonsensical list. One other pun of note that I enjoyed. Uh-huh. Uh, the 12 Days of Christmas as interpreted by the, quote, Moron Fish and Tackle Choir, not to be confused with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I just got um, that. And that's a pun, but it's also a malapropism. Yeah, I guess so. It's hard to tell. Yeah. They blend together sometimes. 12 donut dunking. 11, 11 lips, lips a licking. licking. Oh, 11 lips a licking. Lips don't lick, tongues do. No, you lick, li- blah, blah, blah. You lick your you lips. You lick your lips. 10 tractors pulling. 9 baseball players. 8 slugs of sliding. 7 come 11. 6 guns a blazing. 5 racks of ribs. Ba-dum-bum-bum. Bum. 4 leaf clovers. 3 prong adapter. 2 for the price of 1. And an oil well in the backyard. Is that a reference to Beverly Hillbillies? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. This is one of those pages that feels very much like the uh, Ernest Rides Again opening credits. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them do. You know, it's you, I'm tempted to call it Photoshop, but there's no, no Photoshop like back the then. Photo <laughs> Just, collages. Yeah, it's real stylish. We should say, sidebar about the book as a whole for a second. Design is great. The book is great. It's very well yeah. laid out. It's very silly. It feels Monty Python-ish. It feels like Hey Vern. Um, it's a really nice looking book. It's the strangest book <laughs> in history. Possibly. I mean, come on. Look at this. <laughs> the shooting, the this shooting is ridiculous. stars page. David just looked at the shooting star page where Ernest, his giant head is pasted on a tiny body, tiny drawing of body holding a gun. Shooting stars are really shot down stars. It's their last blaze of glory. But what worries me is who's shooting the stars? Aww. Is the man in the moon a sharpshooter? Does he even win a prize if he hits one? Can you stuff a star and hang it in the den? Is this where starfish come from? 
Should there be gun control in outer space? Oh, that's the sweetest. He's worried. He's concerned as to whether there should be gun control in outer space. Um, well, there's actually stuff that it's thoughtful. Sure. You know, in that earnest way where at least he is thinking. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of his lateral way of thinking. Oh, yeah. There was stuff in the book that I thought was quite insightful. Please. I have a list of that. I agree with you, but uh, what do you got? On the flip side of the especially nonsensical be the especially insightful. I thought the folk measurements page was pretty great. I thought it was quite brilliant. Yeah. Ernest explaining, like, vague folk measurements in a vague way. And it's a lot of that earnesty use of idioms. Yeah. A blink of an eye is markedly faster than you can say Jack Robinson, yet is only a shade quicker than you can say spit. I was charmed by this this whole page. I like, the whole nine yards is the same amount as a full load. It is less, though, than the whole kit and caboodle, and a little more than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> Therefore, you can shake a stick at the whole kit and caboodle, and it will still be considerably less than the whole nine yards. Hmm. Since someone who doesn't have both oars in the water is a little smarter than someone whose pilot light is out, surprisingly, though, someone whose elevator doesn't go to the top floor will probably lose to someone whose pilot light is out in a spelling bee. <laughs> that one confused me, <laughs> just because the spelling bee portion was so out of left field, to use another idiom. Oh, I love grease lightning. Grease lightning equals the speed of light plus about 15% to account for the grease. Which That's is almost twice as fast as a bat out of hell. I thought that was very insightful. And the do's and don'ts of eating sushi is actually pretty accurate. It's right on the next page. Don't ask for ketchup. Do remember, sakis for sippin' and soy's for dippin'. I, my cute- note on that is... Rhyming. I he know, loves to rhyme. He's, it's easier like, I can for him see to him, remember how to eat sushi if he rhymes it. I can see him saying that. Now remember, when, Vern, sake's for sipping and soy's for, for dipping. Dippin'. Oh, Ernest. So this is what it's like to have sushi with Ernest. Oh, yeah. Do try to use just one ham with chopsticks. It's true. So if you went on a date with this Ernest, would you uh, go get sushi just to sort well, of experience? he seems to know how to eat it. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. I mean, it says do bring a small fork as a backup utensil, which I'm not sure about. But you know what? I'll allow it. Do try to use just one hand with chopsticks. Uh, That's evocative of some physical humor that I would love to watch. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Do no CPR because someone's bound to faint when the bill comes. That's the downside of eating sushi, of course. And that's a nice um, subverted expectation joke where it's like, do no CPR. And your thought is like, oh, because someone might get ill from raw fish. Oh. And then it's like, oh, no, because somebody's bound to faint when the bill comes. Don't ask what the little pink thing in the center is. I believe it's tuna. Don't peel off the black wrapper holding it together. I feel like that was a thing he learned from experience. Sure. And that's sweet, too. Oh, and his so his travel tips, mm. there's some that aren't bad. That's another very Sam and Maxie kind of thing. Like, I remember there's a sides in Sam and Max Hit the Road where it's like how to eat at like a truck stop diner. And it shows like the underside of a table. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the one I wrote down was actually about a truck stop mm-hmm. or a, a cafe. Just because there's a lot of trucks parked outside a cafe doesn't mean the food is good any more than a bunch of chefs parked outside a garage means there's a good mechanic inside. I don't know that that's the best logic, but, but I do like but, it. But it's true. Sure. It doesn't mean that the food is good. That, no, that's fair. That's fair. I also like that this ties into, you know, the road world. Oh, yeah. Ernest being somebody that travels a lot. And enjoys driving. Uh, one insightful thing that I like is uh, there's a page called Table Manners. Oh, Sometimes when you're eating meat, you end up with ugly, chewy things in your mouth that you didn't intend to be eating. (laughs) If you figure it's less than an inch or two long, just pull it out with your fingers and put it on the side of your plate. Don't examine it too long in front of your host. (laughs) If it's longer than two inches and you don't like the feel of it, just stand up and say, quote, I think I'm going to be sick, and then leave the room. I would just say, excuse me. Well, 
He'll, he has to get there on okay. his own. <laughs> he was 90% of the way there. That's, oh, yes. I do have a note somewhere here that says, oh, because he's 90, 90% of the way there. Another thing, um, there's a page called Things My Mother Never Told Me. Yep. And one of them is about vacations. And it says, three days where you want to be is better than three weeks where you don't. Yeah. I think that's a good rule for vacations. Absolutely. We had a good two days in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. See? And it proved true. We hadn't even read this book yet. A couple days where you want to be is better than three weeks where you don't. And then his, uh, there's some home safety tips. There's a home safety tip that I thought was sort of brilliant, even though it's also a huge misunderstanding. Okay. It just says, most accidents happen within 20 miles of home, so buy a cheap house and find something decent to rent about 21 miles away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that is something that is true. Most accidents do happen fairly close to home. Right. I think it's because people get more comfortable in the area they live, so they pay less attention. Mm -hmm. So Ernest is like, He knows what the problem is, but he doesn't know what the source of the problem is. So he's addressing the problem without considering the source. Sure. In a roundabout way. I just enjoy his logic. Yeah. Sometimes it will come in handy. Not all the time or even most of the time, but sometimes you need an earnesty thinker. There's some stuff that's just like, I don't know if insightful is the right word, but just like it made me go like, oh yeah, that's a fair question. Yeah. There are a couple of questions that I thought were insightful just in that he thought to ask. Mm -hmm. Which one is yours? Things that you should ask yourself when you walk into a dentist's office. Uh-huh. Is anyone screaming? Yeah. Is there blood on the floor? Yeah. Does the, does the dentist look happy or depressed? Hmm. Does the chair face the door? Is there plenty of laughing gas? And could the visit be put off a few more days? Oh, true enough. Yeah. My, the questions I like are on questions I'd like to see answered. Sure. Where Ernest muses... If you were traveling at the speed of light in a car and turned your headlights on, would anything happen? Uh, that's a question for Carl Sagan. <laughs> he just, yeah, or Neil deGrasse Tyson. Sure. Another one is, how do they give Superman his booster shots? Mm. Something that has been argued among many geeks, comic book lovers. Ernest should watch Jessica Jones or Luke Cage as to how they give medical treatment to someone with impenetrable skin. <laughs> it was not around yet in 1993, but sure. it's a great question, and he's not the only one to ask. That was all I had for especially insightful. Mm. And then we've just got um, other noteworthy things. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that stuck out to me, again, was like his love of idioms. Uh-huh. And this is a section called, let's keep trucking. Everybody's got to have wheels. My personal choice is a lean, mean, pick up machine. Know what I mean? Yes. Have you ever tried feeding cows from the back of your car? No. Not really sure what that's related to. Well, it is in a parenthesis, so uh, it is a parenthesis. It's real nice to have a truck you can be proud of, so your old buddy Ernest is going to give you some helpful hints on having the meanest machine around. Uh, this is about trucks. Yeah. What and about it? What stuck out to me for some reason was, okay, so there's a list of things you want in the truck bed, inside and then outside and inside was uh in addition to a gun rack with umbrella Hmm. and a decorative screen on a back window like a rodeo scene migrating geese or an armadillo sure there was just the phrase four on the floor and that does that mean that always makes me think of like a dance beat and i was like is he dancing in a truck but then i looked it up and apparently four on the floor is related to a four-speed transmission in a certain type of truck where the gear shift is on the floor as opposed to being on the dashboard or the column oh he's doing he's doing that thing where he like or is it that i'm doing that thing where he's like mixing up two similar expressions (laughs) he knows it's about trucks or does he 
I think yeah. he does. But that's all it says about it, and I had to be the one Inside, to go. Inside, four on the floor. Yeah. Well, he assumes you know what that means, Dave. I guess so. Did you know about trucks? Duh. <laughs> to be fair, this is Ask Ernest, not Ernest prompts you to go look <laughs> stuff up for yourself. So. But Ernest asks as many questions as he tries to answer, I, I think. I think that's a common thread for our podcast also. Oh, I've got a few especially noteworthy things. Okay. Specifically... The name game, which is, again, it's where Ernest tells you what to do if you can't remember somebody's name. Oh, yes. One of his suggestions is just don't say anything. Sure. Which, fair point. Yep. But what stuck out to me was the last one was, when in doubt, call everyone Vern. (laughs) Which, of course, spun me into the question of, what if, in all the ads, Ernest is just talking to different people, but he calls Calls everyone Vern. Vern. I mean, we are all Vern. <laughs> we are all Vern to Ernest. Yeah, that's entirely possible. It is entirely possible. That would possible explain why there's no commonality to Vern's traits. It would explain why sometimes Vern has women hands. That explains that also. Yeah. Um, another noteworthy thing was Ernest's flea market etiquette tip. He says about a flea market, if you've never seen it, buy it. You probably won't see it again. I just wrote this explains a lot. Yeah. Specifically his house. Yes. Which is full of bizarre things, like that game machine he has. Oh, he has like, are you talking about like the pachinko machine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really does explain a lot of yeah, his house. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of my notes are, some of them are callbacks to Ernest ad gags. Some of them are callbacks to themes. Uh-huh. Some of them are callbacks to the writers, again, trolling us. Yeah. And then some of them are just, I wrote this down because I had to look up what it meant or it made no sense or it was just bizarre. What? And this is another one of those. Uh, this is a picture of Ernest uh, being surrounded by people with um, donkey heads. Sure. And, and it says, in one day, Samson killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. Every day, a thousand deals are killed with the same weapon. Your jawbone, because you're talking, I assume. Well, so I looked up what jawboning meant. Oh, really? And it actually means to force a deal Using your position of authority. What? Yeah. I thought it was just like you use your jawbone to talk. I thought that too. But then I was like, wait, isn't jawboning a thing? What does that mean? It's different from hamboning, which we need to point out. So, okay. So jawboning is like if I'm in like a position of like government power or Uh I have like an authoritative position. Like I use that to force someone's hand in making like some kind of like backroom deal or something like that. Wow. Ernest. I can't tell if this is insightful I or if think it's just so. like kind of knowing what the meaning of words and phrases and idioms are. It's, the way it's phrased, I think he knows what he's saying. And then it's it's sort of um clever. It's clever. It's uh But then that makes me think that doesn't feel it's like sort of Ernest an indirect, wrote this. Well, but I could also see him saying that. Sure. Like if you picture him saying those words, I, I buy it, you know. It, that could be his voice. I will agree with you there. It does feel like I could see him like leading or giving the outro of an ad with this sort of phrasing. Yes. I think Ernest, again, knows and understands more than he lets on. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, this book is confusing. <laughs> Ernest is confused. This book is called <laughs> Ask Ernest. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Yes. I mean, fact finding mission, we found no facts. Going to another, just going to one thing that I really liked, which is kind of random. Yeah. Is how to see through a wall. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love that. I mean, he's just talking about x ray glasses that you find in a comic book. You know, like your old buddy Ernest has tried several methods to accomplish this feat. So, A, I like the idea of Ernest 
trying to see through walls. I like that, of course, he recommends the the comic book ads. But then it just says, after years of trial and error with the x-ray glasses, try the proven Ernest P. Worrell method for seeing through walls. Stand in front of a window. He's not wrong. <laughs> I just like the idea of standing in front of a well, window and I... as a way to see through walls. And also because Ad Ernest stands in a lot of windows. Specifically to see through the wall into Vern's house. This, That's why Ernest stands at windows. This is one of those pages that it feels, you know, I've talked about how some of the pages feel more like Ernest. Some of them feel more like the Ernest writers. Yeah. This kind of feels like both somehow where it's like, I feel like the Ernest writers are of a generation where like they would order like that dumb crap in the well, back Ernest of comic totally books. Ernest totally would. He would too. But like historically, it feels like those people are of that generation. But then the way that he's discussing it feels like Ernest talking. Like it really oh, does. Oh no, it definitely, that one seems like his voice and like, his, his logic. There are certain pages in this book where not only does it feel like Ernest's voice, but I can visualize the ad. Yeah. Like if there was an ad version of this page, it would end with, after years of trial and error with the x-ray glasses, try the proven Ernest P. Worrell method for seeing through walls. Stand in front of a window. window. And then he would just like he would do that or he would make like that like, did it, like yeah. that did it face. Yeah. Or It's so confusingly inconsistent. <laughs> but so is Ernest. I know. I mean, Ernest is a conundrum. And in- especially, I mean, Ad Ernest. The thing is, we know, we know much less about Ad Ernest than I think we know about film Ernests or film Ernests. I think, and this is my fault in a lot of ways, I think I came to this book expecting to like gain some sort of serious Uh, yes like and and it makes me feel like dumb (laughs) for saying this right now yeah like i mean this really is a prank book in like so you feel how i felt after win ten thousand dollars although i expected that not not as angry but more just like um you feel i do feel like the joke is on me (laughs) with this book i think it is yeah the last thing i have on my list to call out from this book the last specific thing yep is the two pages about laundromats. Oh, yeah. Which is really something. Well, it's technically two pages and an intro page. Oh, my goodness. Things you should know about the laundromat. Take it away, Eric. I, I, oh, so it is advice about the laundromat. It's definitely an earnest voice. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, again, it's just advice because Ernest wants you to learn from his experience and considers himself an expert on things he's done at least once. It's it's just that he he this is one of those pages where it feels like Ernest is an alien who's like learning about who is the learning human about world. human yeah who has come to Earth and is making all the wrong assumptions about how basic appliances yeah things work like he comes to Earth and he thinks cars are a species sure and like dogs are the owners of humans yeah and stuff like that like that's it's that joke structure yes it's a advice based on an inherent misunderstanding just at a basic level he's talking about the machines <laughs> you'll find all kinds of machines at the laundromat burn but you got to be careful because not all of them are going to help clean your clothes <laughs> the detergent slot machine uh gives you a box of detergent that's fine i like that he says it's loads of fun burn because, <laughs> because he, he just enjoys putting a coin in something and watching something else come out Oh, I just love the phrase, it's loads of fun. Oh, jeez, I just didn't get that. No, the one that, (laughs) that's cute, but the one that really stuck out was the change machine. Okay. Where he says, this is a machine to help you pass the time. 
What you do is you put in a dollar bill, and believe it or not, the machine sort of sucks the dollar bill inside itself for a second and then shoves it back out at you, and a little light comes on saying out of order. You can while away a lot of time playing with one of these machines, Vern. But I gotta warn you that every so often, your dollar bill will go into the machine and you'll hear a great big clunk, and then a sound will come out that sounds like a bunch of metal washers dropping into a coffee can and your dollar won't come back again. That's your signal to change machines, which is where this particular machine gets its name, I guess. That's a quality piece of writing. That is... It's so brilliant. It is hilarious and almost fair that the machine is out of order so often that Ernest thinks that's the way it's supposed to work. And the rare instance where it works is where he thinks there's a malfunction. But so this is an alien understanding of what's going on. What I like is that he clearly hears the sound of coins coming down and then describes it as something else. Yeah. I also like the implication that he does not notice that there is coins in the machine and then ostensibly leaves his money and walks away. (laughs) Also the implication that he spends a lot of time playing with the broken one. Yes. But now what is especially brilliant as this is because the last several paragraphs of advice is about picking a laundromat. Mm -hmm. And it says the first thing to look for when when you pick a laundromat is to see if there's a video arcade nearby. Now the reason he wants to see if there's a video arcade nearby is because he needs somewhere to get change. Because he does not Because he doesn't understand that there's a change machine at the laundromat. And it's several paragraphs long. And it's excuse it's it's a list of suggested excuses to use also, if not at the video arcade, at the grocery store to get the clerk to give you a dollar's worth of quarters. Because there's nowhere else to get a dollar's worth of quarters. Uh, Like the (laughs) I also like how careful they are about in that section not using the word change at all. Ever. Yeah. I feel like that might be the most brilliant joke in the whole book. Oh, yeah. Is where on the one page he misunderstands what a change machine is, and then on the next page bases his selection of which laundromat to use entirely on whether there's a location nearby where he can get change. I mean, that's just, I don't, that's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. This might be the best part of the book. I re- <laughs> I think Dr. Otto just lived in seclusion for so long. Yeah. And then once he became earnest, it's learning how to enter society. I mean... And then that explains, like, why he's so confused about basic things in life. But then once he figures it out, he's really excited and he wants to give you advice to help you. We also have questioned whether Dr. Otto is an alien. We have. Yeah. He is one in spirit. If not, literally. There's another part here that I'd like to read. This is less about feeling like an alien and more just about being oblivious to things. This is called How to Load a Washing Machine. All laundromat washing machines have signs saying, do not overload. But how is a layman to know how much is too much? The answer is simple, Vern. Mm -hmm. Since your clothes are all going to wind up in the dryer when you're finished, a dryer full means one full load. So before you stick your clothes in the washer, stick them into a dryer and see how many you can cram in. The amount you wind up with is how much you should put in the washer. One load. So dryers uh, are much larger than washing right, machines. and he could just do that. He's also putting dirty clothes into dryers, which are supposed to have only clean clothes in uh, them. Ah, yeah. It's very... And he could just stuff the washer and see how much fit into that. Also, most washing machines have a line for, like, <laughs> I mean, the level of, like, okay, the... this is how much you're supposed to it's fill. It's just his brain. His brain doesn't work the way yours and mine does. Oh, I forgot the parenthetical. 
although you really got to figure that a washer full is a little less than one full load when you take into account that your clothes will probably be 25% lighter when they're clean. I, get, I think, again, he's overthinking this Yes. in a really backwards way, and it, it's one of those... This is why he has, A, a cartoon wardrobe, and B, takes baths with his clothes on so that he can avoid <laughs> yeah. the laundromat. It's too confusing. Yes. And he never has change. And that's also why there's like a three-page section... <laughs> Strictly about the laundromat. Now, this is one of those pages where it kind of underlines how Ernest's backward logic, to me, make him a genius. Sure. He's an eccentric genius. There are times when the bizarre way his mind works is going to come in very handy and may, like, save the planet. Sure. And besides just being entertaining, his take on the world, it is brilliant. There is, in its backwardsness. There is very literally a method to the madness. Yes. Well, yes. I like how it's so very carefully considered, mm-hmm. but his brain went in all the wrong directions. Correct. But I think eventually he gets there. Eventually he gets his clothes washed. I mean, and, a, you know, as we've often said, he takes the out to the side yeah. <laughs> road less traveled. And there's just something overall sweet about how how eager he is to lend his own experience. Sure, you got to talk to your people. old buddy Ernest. He's Aww. got all the info. <laughs> oh, Ernest! How do we sum up this book? Um, it's it's uh, how do we sum it up? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I kind of it's did like it. a magazine by Ernest, I guess. Ernest's brain in book form. I mean, it's definitely all the things we talked about at the start. It's ad gags and it's pranks from the writers and it's folksy color and Americana tips and recipes and real facts and fake facts. And okay, well, let me say, what is your favorite fake fact or fake history in this? Because there is so much fake history. And the one that stuck out to me was the truth about Jack Frost. That is very bizarre. Right? Okay. I mean, maybe we can close with this. Sure. It's, I'll just read it. It's story <laughs> time. It. The shortest alcoholic at the Tulsa, Oklahoma Vagrants Mission, the legendary Jack Frost, was, in fact, once a man of high prestige and honor. Jack, you see, was the official barber of the North Pole. Jack applied for this prestigious position shortly after his heart-wrenching and devastating breakup with his longtime friend and songwriting partner, Jill. See, nursery rhymes we never knew. It's kind of extraneous <laughs> information. Not taking into consideration his disdain for winter sports, the very poor television reception and short-lived excitement every December, trimming the facial hair of Santa and his non-union elves was simply not enough to keep Jack content. It was only a matter of time before Jack started hitting the spiked egg. So this is about Jack Frost becoming an alcoholic. Yes. So, so Jack started hitting the spiked eggnog and hitting it hard. Top management could overlook this un-elf-like behavior until that tragic day, the day Jack, in his drunken stupor, inadvertently clipped the end of Santa's nose while trimming his mustache. After six weeks in a grueling elf trial, Jack the Nipper was found guilty of negligence in duty and sentenced to five years of making frosted mugs in an Irish pub. Luckily for Jack, the pub was owned and managed by his cousin Jack O'Lantern. This feels like it was written by Ernest. When Jack had finally paid his debt to Santa's society, he returned to his first true love, breeding rabbits in the desert southwest. Sure. But the ruins of alcohol had taken their toll, and Jack's chemical dependence on the wicked juice won out over all sense of honor and duty. The rabbits never had a chance. Today, Jack is all but forgotten at the North Pole, remembered only in his mention in the now-famous wintertime song put together by the elves to future generations of his mishap with Santa, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. That was such a journey to get to... 
Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yeah. In a way that is impressive to me. It is. That Again, um, I feel like it just many... took the long way around. For sure. And I feel like many of the parts of this book that are Ernest's voice overtly are very evocative in a way where like as you were reading that, I could see him telling that story to children in like a, <laughs> in like yeah. an Ottoman Empire versus Botswana sort of uh, way. Yes. There's a lot of Botswana Ottoman Empire yeah. stories in here. I can't overstate how odd this book is. Again, it feels like a prank. It um, is we didn't even prank. get to Oh, uh, I mean there's a list of people <laughs> with a weird mil- hair. There's a million things. Um, um there's, there's a just a uh, all the recurring things. Uh, Elvis the phrase for fun and profit. I'm wondering about how thermoses know whether something is how to keep yep. something hot or cold. Yep. Uh, Ernest on sex. Oh um, my God. Just read the Ernest on sex. Just so this because... is under things my mother never told me about. Of course. About sex. She never told me anything. And my oh. cousin didn't know anything. Oh. I've heard it's alive and well and living somewhere east of Omaha. Oh, Ernest. What? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just looking at all yeah, my notes. That makes sense. Uh, bobbing for water. Yeah, bobbing for um, water shows up in easy games, like basically games you can master for fun and profit. Again, so apparently for fun and profit, like this is suggestions for fun and profit. Uh, yeah. Raising boneless beef cattle for fun and profit. Yep. Apparently, that's a staple of how-to manual book titles, and apparently, it became very prevalent in like computer books, according to the Google search I did. I see. This is such like. Inagana DeVita, the long version, shows up yeah. in the book. This Billy Boogie's t-shirt. The top 10 favorite Christmas carols. Inagana DeVita, the long version. Oh, can we talk about one last thing that I would like to bring up? Sure. Uh, this is a page called Bone Up on the Facts. This is one of those pages that confused me because I was like, that sounds true So I'll just read it. The funny bone is not really a bone at all, but mm-hmm. rather a small nerve. That's, That's true. true. That member of the human body with the most bones is the foot. If we're talking feet, you could just about double that number. Pretty sure that's also true. If it's not the foot, it's the hand. Yeah, I think it might be the hand. Hold on. Again, this book is weird in the era of Google. Right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's weird. Most bones is the is the hand. Okay. The hands and feet together make up more than half the bones in the human body. I mean, it's close. Uh, that member with the fewest bones is the human nose. I believe that's true. Speaking of the human nose, K-N-O-W-S... The brain has no bones. It is, however, the source of most boners. Now, so, I'm pretty sure it, this is boner in the sense of, like, mistake? making a mistake. Okay, yeah. Even in the colloquial sense. Sure. I mean, technically. Sure. Um, this is a Again, page, weird to read in 2017. And is also one of those things where it's like, we're going to make this joke, and then, okay, we're just going to move on now to the animal kingdom. The platypus has a duck bill, otter for a webbed feet. It's just like, we're going <laughs> to say this thing and then, like, walk away. And that might be one of the most earnest writery slash earnest P. Worrell things in this book. Weird, questionable, one-off jokes that are never spoken of again. The next piece says, a ruby-throated hummingbird has 940 feathers. It takes 906,470 ruby-throated hummingbirds to make one medium down jacket. I mean, you can't check that. That is very much a joke. I think it's How also... Is it a joke, though? The joke is that they're killing that many birds just to make a jacket. Oh. It's, like, very bizarre. It's... <laughs> like, these jokes are so weird. <laughs> Oh my but gosh. Again, it feels consistent and comfortable and familiar yes, in yes. a way that, like. That's to say, it's familiar, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's reassuringly bizarre. We forgot to mention the legal public notice. 
uh-huh. in the beginning of the book, which yep. says, Being of sound minds and bodies, which is subject to great debate, and whereas all resulting liability and subsequent malfeasance is hereby declared null and void, the undersigned lay claim to having participated in the concept, writing, design, and production of this book, heretofore known as Ask Earnest. Why anyone would actually want to ask Ernest anything whatsoever is still unbeknownst to all involved. Nevertheless, by way of our irrevocable, spelled wrong, signatures below, <laughs> we acknowledge appreciation for and lack of any retaliatory retribution resulting from our efforts in this endeavor. And underneath is the signatures of most, if not all, of the Ernest Brain Trust members. Yep, Glenn Pertage. Gil Templeton, Dan Butler, some names I'm not familiar with, Steven, Andrew Norris. Steve Leisure. Susan Brown, Mary Thompson. Mary Ellen Sassim, Christy McIntosh, Jade Novak. Lance Smiley? Oh, yeah, I didn't see that one. Well Leo done. Smiley. Well done, gentlemen well done, and ladies. Everyone. I mean, yeah, ask Ernest. <laughs> if, I mean, there's there's no shortage of questions I would love to ask Ernest. I'm None of them this. were in that book, though. Can you pass me that other book? Gosh. All right. So now, now we're going to go back in time. Yes. The year 1985. I'm just very curious. Okay, yeah, this is the same nonsense. It's the same kind of book. <laughs> so we got to move on to the book of knowledge, which is even scarier to me because Ask Ernest, you could imagine, would be more advice-based. And the book of knowledge scares me that there will be more fake facts and fake history. Let me see. There is literally we gotta, just, We're going to have to get closer to each other. There is literally just a page in this book that is a note-taking page. And unlike most books that have that... <laughs> It's in the middle of the book. <laughs> yeah. And it says notes. Write small and take lots of notes. Know what I mean? On what? Your... So let me get closer to you so we can read this together. Yes. Hey there, Frenda. Hey there, Frenda. All right. I'm ready. I guess we'll take turns reading bits of this, but I want to look at the front page. It's a good place to start. Sure. The inside cover. I was wondering if there was a biography. There is not. So again, we're moving on to the It's the Ernest P. Worrell Book, book of, of Knowledge. knowledge. 1985, first edition published 1985, second edition published 1986. Interesting. So I wonder if the first edition is the book of knowledge and the second edition is the book of knowledge. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how to describe the inside cover page. It's just a, a measurements table. What a pinch of salt equals an eighth of a teaspoon. That sounds right. A jigger is one and a half ounces. Two tablespoons is an ounce. One cup is half a pint or eight ounces. Yeah. I'm pretty sure these are all correct. These are pretty accurate. Four quarts is a gallon. Two pints is a quart. So, okay. So it's, maybe it's like a bait and switch. So so far, it really we've got accurate information so far. I feel like trolling could not be <laughs> a more appropriate word for this. <laughs> it really is just like the writers being like, It's one of those things like, where eh? they dump a bunch of information on you. Like, some of this is true. Some of this isn't. Have fun. You know what that's like? Life. Now, the first page is a dedication to Jim Varney. Oh. Which is sweet. The complete entirety of this eight by 11 and a quarter inch book is dedicated to our old buddy Jim Varney, boy genius, good neighbor, and a great bunch of guys. Aw. That's sweet. That's adorable. And how did he swing that? You get the dedication page. Then there's a pic, there's a headshot of Jim Varney, which I assume is like some kind of resume headshot. He's a sharp looking dude. He looks dapper. Yeah. He's a little bit um, vampiric. I mean, that's the cheekbones I think you're seeing. Yeah, the hairstyle, too. It says, Jim Varney before reading the Book of Knowledge, and then there's just a photo of Ernest making a face. Oh, Jim man. Varney after reading the Book of Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had a total aside. So I saw Fright Night for the first time recently. <laughs> okay. And I feel like Jim Varney would have been a great vampire in Fright Night. 
listeners, if you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking Dr. about. Dr. Otto's a little vampiric. That's true. He is uh, vaguely Transylvanian. So the so fact that this is a 1985 book means this is certainly... Ad Ernest. 1985, same year as Fright Night. Definitely Ad Ernest. Oh, Because there was is... no other Ernest besides Ad Ernest in 1985. I'm looking at these drawings as you uh, turn I mean, the pages okay, and I'm like, so, what? Okay, so we have not read this one cover to cover, so we're honestly just going to pick random bits. I don't, I don't own this book, so I'm deferring to Erin's copy of this book. Between the two of us, we own one copy of the Book of Knowledge. Yep. Though that will soon be rectified, I imagine. Uh, it's possible. So we're just going to read... Random selections because it doesn't make a difference yes, what, whether we <laughs> words cannot describe the confusion that these books. You just elicit. gotta read them yourselves, you know. We cannot talk about everything in these books, so why bother trying? And yet we have. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to see if there is a a biography in this one. There isn't. There is a note as to who translated it from Greek. Translated from Greek by Bruce Arntzen, Daniel Butler, James Carson, Lee Cirillo, Kay Kennard, Steve Leisure, Warren Meigs, Glenn Patach, Coke Sams, Nancy Sheffield. It's all Greek to me. I assume these are people that worked on the book. And then it must be the writers, yeah. And special effects, more people. Marty Brown, Jim DeVault, Mary Evans, Steve Leisure, Warren Meigs, Glenn Patach, Thomas Barks. So this must be Translators writing. are writers. And, and then special effects is visual. Visual, yep. Tom Sparks, David Thomas, Pat Fanata. Okay, and the author's note by Ernest. Okay, here we go. And that page seems to be a whole bunch of Cosmo Kramer. What is that drawing that's it's a repeated? Stamp. It, there's a bottom. It says special thanks to the folks at Bizarro Inc. slash All Night Media slash Loveland's Rubber Stamp Company slash the Rubber Stamp Catalog slash Rubber Stampede slash Stamps Incorporated. Again, cannot tell if that is real. <laughs> I can't or tell fake. if that's a joke or not. Is it a joke? Yep. No. It's a, it went on so long. I feel like it is a joke. Anyway, you know, I have something to say at the end of this podcast about about whether things are a joke or real, and how and how that resonates with me. But let's okay. let's take a look through this book first. I like that it, there's no solid ground here. That's true. And that's, that's true. I love that. Okay, author's note: I, Ernest P. Worrell, unconstitutionally guarantee. <laughs> that every word in this book is a veritable facsimile. This is practical information, buddy. It will not only improve your IQ, it might even improve your mileage if you read it fast enough. So, whenever you're feeling kind of dumb and worthless, you can count on this book to make you feel better. I am right proud of it, and I hope you will proudly display it on your coffee table, but don't spill the party dip on it or you'll break my heart. Jeez. I love that Ernest reads books when he's feeling dumb and worthless. That's what I just took from this. Well, and also the joke that, like, if you feel dumb and worthless, read this book that I wrote and you'll feel a lot better about yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's Which a joke. Is like, that's a joke. But is that like that? That feels like the Ernest writers putting a joke about Ernest in Ernest's mouth. Well, but that's inherently Ernest. So. I know, but it's so it's so layered. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Right, you may, know, you have to kind of just take Ernest at face value. That's what we do. That's sure. what we're doing here. I just want to look at the, the first page Okay. after that author's note. It's a picture of Ernest holding a football. I think he looks right handsome. Look how cute he is. What I like is that it's surrounded by a bunch of little hearts. So it's like, I made that page. <laughs> 
We should say both of these books make great use of every single photo from that Ernest photo shoot that we keep yeah. seeing. It's like all <laughs> well, the, however many photo shoots they had of Ernest. All the Cardin and Cherry stock photos yep. of Ernest. Every from, single one is in this book. From the, the fan club, the from the greeting cards. This is just a list of his favorite things. The recliner, the footrest, remote control, the t-shirt, the blue jean, El Ball de, de Bowling. He loves bowling. He, likes, he loves bowling and fake Spanish. <laughs> is this like comprendo? Or? He'll say something that's supposed to sound like Spanish, but is not he'll, actually But then he'll end Spanish. it with comprendo is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Meet and three. That was in Ask Ernest, I'm pretty sure. Meet and three. And I don't know what that is. He loves tape decks, four-wheel drive, fast cars and fuzz busters, power tools. And there's an arrow pointing at power tools. Just so you know that he really loves power tools. Professional wrestling. May I interject to read directly from Wikipedia? What is Meet and Three? Uh, we should know. This is the, a thing we should the know. The photo is a Meet and Three restaurant in Nashville, Tennessee. <gasps> oh. In the cuisine. Three what? In the cuisine of the Southern United States. Three cheeses? A Meet and Three restaurant is one where the customer picks one meat from a daily selection of three to six choices, such as fried chicken, country ham, beef, country fried steak, meatloaf, yeah. or pork chop, and three side dishes from a list that may include up to a dozen other options. Oh. Usually vegetables, potatoes, corn, green or lima beans, and but also selections such as gelatin, creamed corn, macaroni and cheese, and spaghetti. Interesting. All right, well, that sounds pretty good. So there you go. So, I mean, I don't know. I just say, pick a random page and read it, David, because it's all random. One potato, two potato, Ta-da-da. three potato. Here we go. Secrets of the pyramids. Uh-huh. Number one, they snore at night. Number two, what? they never return library books. Uh... First one is not true. Second one is. Number three, they talk about you behind your back. Wow, Ernest. Number four, he really has a fixation. They can't make change. Number five, their real names are Egbert, Leon, and Chester. There's only three? Number six, they can't name any state capitals. Number seven, they were never in the service. I mean... Number eight, their high score bowling is really 122, not 205. Number nine, they are older than they admit. Number 10, they sleep with a light on. Number 11, when they look in store windows, they are really admiring their own reflections. Wow. Number 12, sometimes they wear socks from the dirty clothes basket. And number 13, they failed their first screen test with Cecil B. DeMille. I feel like Uh, I had to just keep reading because you were getting the vibe like you had questions about these things. And I felt like I had to preemptively stop you from asking those because it would just lead us down. Erin is putting her face in her hands now. Okay, he doesn't like pyramids. Is he confusing them with people he knows? No, never mind. That feels earnesty again where he's like, Brian, let me tell you about the pyramids. Hey, 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 the random page I picked. Oh, yeah. Look at this. It's an ad. For the Ernest Fun Club. I did forget to say about Ask Ernest, there were a couple of instances where it was clear that the writers were trying to hawk their other products. Nice. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's an ad where it's just like a drawing of a man and a woman, like a comic drawing. Yes, it's like a, a mid-20th century like romance comic. Yeah, the guy just like asks, did you see Ernest Rides Again? Yeah. So, yeah, there's Same an Ernest here. Rides Again, a subtle Ernest Rides Again. Now, this is a two-page ad. Of the Ernest Fan Club. Not the Fun Club, the Fan Club. I like that it's an international club. Because cool. Wow. Be the first one in your immediate area to become a genuine, official, bona fide member of the Love Ernest team. Team Ernest. 
You Hashtag know, Team Ernest. See, this is I would have sent this in so fast. Let of me, course you would. For a measly $7, cheaper than the Culture Club, you get your very own official membership card. Oh, I thought you were saying cheaper than the Culture no, Club, but they it really said, says that. An autographed picture of me, your old buddy Ernest, and living black and white. Oh, I have one of those I got on eBay. It's pretty cool. The, know what I mean, news. A newsletter that's full of articles, photographs, and fun facts about everyone's favorite next door neighbor, Ernest P. Worrell. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> we have some more Can research you to do. you track down the Know What I Mean news? Oh, Lord. It has facts about <laughs> Ernest. I'm going to put facts in, in quotation marks, <laughs> having just read both of these books, or not have read both of them, but having just gone through both of these books. But I want to know about Ernest. I wish I could go back in time right now and join Again, the fan club. I appreciate your enthusiasm. Have you learned nothing <laughs> from the pranks that we have just succumbed to, not what? only on this episode, but for 18 episodes before this? These aren't pranks. This is a quality content. Look at this. A two-color limited it's, edition. Erin, it's Machine not going to have the answers. Authorized Ernest Bumper Sticker. The Ernest Bumper Sticker will tell me what I need to know. <laughs> Don't fall for the same mistakes I did. I was taken in by Ask Ernest. Did you get information on how to order you Ernest posters? T-shirts and other life-giving souvenirs. The only information you will get is how can you give money to these people. Well, how? <laughs> oh, it says do not send cash. Oh, a check or money order. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, no CODs. Here's what you get. Oh my gosh, so there's the poster. Know what I mean? I feel like we've seen that poster before. Yeah, We've definitely seen that the mask. fan club poster, man. I've seen them on like eBay, and I've never gotten one. I do have. You've got a, that shirt. This shirt is my most prized possession. That's the, the best shirt. Know what I mean? Black T-shirt. That it really is, is. It looks super eighties. It's yep. like a square made out of lines, and then Ernest's it's, face and like pink. It's like sort I have of a, a Max Headroom shirt that's almost identical. I was wearing the shirt, and a man asked me if it was a Ernest Max Headroom mashup T-shirt. Max Headroom is on my list of Ernest analogs. Okay, yeah. We'll get there. There's a life-size <laughs> color mask. Yeah. Which we actually got a couple of Ernest masks when we were in Kentucky. We did. Thank you, family. guys. Very yeah. nice. Thank you. It's kind of like the Mickey Mouse ears of it's, Ernest. Well, it's the Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain mask. Yeah. All right, let's go, Ernest. Hey, Burns, my family album, TV comedy special, plus the, the cassette of Ernest and Burns' greatest TV commercials. So there you go. Wait. Peel off Ernest stickers, a 5 by 10 sheet of 10 crazy faces, all in color, all made by me. Sorry, go back a second. The Ernest, what was the video cassette? Hey Vern, it's my family album. Yeah. And Ernest and Vern's greatest TV commercials. Is that a different compilation? I mean, I'm sure it's the same collection we've seen. It's just a different packaging. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm getting oh my gosh. trolled again. What's up? Half inch VHS or beta cassette. Specify <laughs> VHS or beta on order form. You know, a beta- This is the most entertaining page. A beta would be higher quality. I- if we wanted so wait, there are quality. beta cassettes of Ernest that exist out there? You know, again, magnetic tape does not uh, last forever. So we got to find it before it goes away. And yeah, it would be a higher quality cassette, though. There is a cassette we need to find. It's like the Ernest answering machine messages. Oh, man. Gotta yeah. track it down. Listeners, if you have the Ernest answering machine messages cassette, that's an audio cassette, right? Yeah. Please send it to us. Um, we will send it back to you. We will digitize it and send it right back. Our goal. Don't even worry about it. Our goal, if you haven't already figured it out, is to not only examine and explore the world Extol of Ernest P. Worrell. Extol and preserve yes, the legacy of Ernest P. Worrell. We aim to make uh, the Ernest history available for as long as possible for yes. everyone who loves him. So if you have a copy of that cassette and would be willing to let us borrow it to digitize it, please send us a message. 
Yes, please. And now back to the book. Official Ernest two-inch button. Oh, boy. Man. I have a Max Headroom two-inch button. Well, the, mo- the thing I couldn't live without from this list is the t-shirt, and I have it. And I, if I, I see one. ever see a replacement, I will buy one. Because it was, you know. If you see fine. one in a men's medium. Mm, the one I have is an extra small, which. Of course it is. Just fine. <laughs> I'm a tiny woman. All right. All right. Is so that was, yeah, that was my random. I'm very happy with the random page I got. All right. Eeny, meeny, It's a drum roll. Um, this is fascinating. What is it? Well, this is two different pages. Okay. They looked related, but they are not. All right. One page is an ad for a film entitled. Never get poop on your shoes. Whoa! Okay, okay. And it's it's the oh image God. of Ernest looking at film strips from the Dr. Otto, that one poster. There is no information about Dr. Otto on this. It's just a picture of Ernest. Yeah, it says, Golly Bob Howdy, it's a movie you can really love. Vern, we're talking veritable extravaganza. Know what I mean? So that's no information. It's literally... You uh, it's don't, a picture of Ernest looking at a film strip. You don't even know that this is an advertisement for a film. Well, and then it says, never get poop on your shoes. We know what that means. <laughs> but for Joe yeah. 1985 well, maybe Joe or Jane 1985, 1985... or Jane sees an ad for never get poop on your shoes. Okay, so we have never explained what never get poop on your shoes is, by the way. It's an alternate title for Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. So in the United Kingdom... Yes. The title for Dr. Otto is Never Get Poop on Your Shoes. And it sounds more like sort of Monty Python-ish. It sounds British-ish. I'm not sure that's true because that book of VHS covers that I own has the UK VHS of Dr. Otto. Uh, And it's it's called Dr. Otto. So maybe it is... I think it was a working title. It's either a working title or a UK title in some areas or something like that. But it is basically, it is the same movie as Dr. Otto and the Riddle. It does feel like a more British joke. It does. For like the most American movie possible. So what is the other page? So on the opposite page from this non-ad for Dr. (laughs) Otto's alternate title is a section called Real Places with Names that I Find Hard to Believe Are Real. I believe that I will also find it hard to believe they're real. Now, just looking at this very quickly, I already know that some of these are real. Okay. But that does not mean that all of these are real. <laughs> we've got we've got Wahoo, Nebraska. All right. You know what? We have the internets now. Do you, they do you never wanna, predicted. Do you want to? <laughs> I'm going to go for it. Do you want to? All right. You're going to fact check this, Aaron? Got, let's do it. All right. Let's do it. So Wahoo, W-A-H-O-O, Nebraska. Uh, Wahoo, Nebraska. Here we go. It is real. Okay. Next. We've got Crumroy, K-R-U-M, like Victor, R-O-Y, I'm going to say that that's real. And that's in Ohio. It is real. Okay. Uh, Hohokus, New Jersey, definitely real. Ronkonkoma, New York, definitely, definitely real. real. Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Kill Devil Hills. NC, it is real. Okay. Can we do, do we have to do all of these? We don't have to do all of these. All right, skip ahead. Um, I'll do the ones that I don't have to spell. Okay. Um, Humansville, Missouri. Are you serious? I'm not sure. Humansville, it's a city in Missouri. Um, and then Bug Tussle. Bug Tussle. Tennessee. Bug Tussle. Yes. All right. It well, is a thing. So that is a page of true facts. I mean, the, it is real. See, that's they use uh, the word "real" with such a cavalier attitude in <laughs> uh, real, true, fact. I'm hesitating <laughs> to use the phrase "alternative facts" right now. <laughs> But they really are. It, uh, okay, okay. Random page. 
Unlocking the mystery of public restroom identification. Oh dear, this is ahead of its time. Whoa. Okay, saloon keepers and restaurant owners have traditionally added a dimension of fear and terror to the search for public restrooms by using clever titles on the doors instead of crudities like men and women. This is true. Yep. As a gesture of goodwill to other Americans who have never had the opportunity to learn the secret restroom code or a foreign language through no fault of their own. All right, Ernest. The Ernest Book of Knowledge, <laughs> spelled knowledge, includes this handy guide. Okay, for men. Boys, messieurs, caballeros, señores, steers, buoys, us, standing. Nice. Okay, and then for women. I didn't name it. I love that for, by the way, above the men is the women's restroom symbol, but it's got a line through it, like the no smoking, so not women. Yeah. And above the women is the symbol for men, but with a line through it, so not men. So you could just have a restroom that said not men and one that said not women. Yeah. So for women, girls, madams, chiquitas, señoritas, heifers, gulls, them, and sitting. I think I've seen mo- a lot of those. Yeah. So wait, gulls. So is buoy like a boy seagull? No, I think it's boys and gulls. <sighs> I'm really both honored and saddened that I have to be the terrible joke keeper oh. of this podcast. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a role that I'm happy to play. That was my earnest moment. That's fine. No guarantee that's the last of them. <laughs> the uh, opposite page is, what's wrong with this picture? And then... I can't even describe. It's an incomprehensible drawing. Yeah, with Ernest's there face in it. All right. All right. Pick a random page of the book of knowledge. Choosing a page, choosing a page, choosing a page from the book of knowledge. All right. So this is a page called How to Make Baseballs. What? Um, there's a baseball in his mouth. There is. He kind of looks strange. All right. Um, there's a drawing that exemplifies um, the right way, which is a round ball, and the wrong way, which is a square ball. Oh. So don't make square balls. Don't make a square ball. Um, Number one. Okay. Start with a little hard rubber ball like the one inside of golf balls. That sounds right. Two. Get about a mile of string and wrap it around the little ball. Be careful, Vern, to keep the shape round or you're just asking for trouble down the line. (laughs) Number three. Cut the leather arm patches out of your least favorite sweater and make two figure eight shapes. Number four. Wrap the ball slash string thing in the leather and sew it up with red twine. Twine is like string, only stiffer, and easier to thread through in needle. Number five. With a black marker, write Official Ernest Peace Lugger Warrell Baseball <laughs> on the ball. Number six. Keep your eye on the ball. That sounds correct. It sounds correct, albeit slightly tongue-in-cheek. I would like to point out that Jim Varney, as Ernest in this picture, is wearing one of his rings again. Oh, there you go. And then the opposite side. But that sounds like the way to make a, a homemade baseball. That doesn't sound inaccurate. Yeah, I mean... It sounds like it's it a would little bit, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit tedious. It's like, why would you make a baseball? I think the weirdest or most outlandish part of it is the cutting the parts out of your favorite well, sweater. Well, he's assuming where you'll get yeah. access to white leather. Leather arm patches. I'm assuming that's like elbow pads. Yeah. All right, so the opposite page. All right, cool. Excuses, excuses, excuses for just about everything. Okay. <laughs> oh, dear. What? Um, these feel earnesty. You don't say. Here we go. The dog ate my homework. Sure. I was going to do it right after I finished this. The teacher doesn't like me. Oh. It was raining, parentheses, snowing. I didn't have the change to call. Oh, Ernest. He should have found a He doesn't know what change machines are. But officer, I didn't see the old lady. Mm. The alarm didn't go off. 
She didn't mean a thing to me. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Record scratch moment. Yep. All right. This is Ad Ernest. Uh, my back hurts. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Moving right along. Guess I'm just sloppy. <laughs> you didn't show me how. I have a headache. I couldn't see the blackboard. Mm. I must have been out of my mind. Someone uh, else must have it. Uh-huh. I couldn't turn left. I couldn't turn left. It was meant to be. Uh, I had to go to Griffin's. It's a store, I guess. I don't know. I forgot. Okay, a good one. It, <laughs> it must be in my other purse. It must have been my destiny. Uh-huh. I never heard you say that. Yeah. Half of these was like wife stuff. Yeah. No one had a watch on. I didn't have anything clean to wear. This is all wife stuff. I thought you were going to do it. This is all wife stuff. I fell asleep. <laughs> oh my god. The cat ran away and I had to go find it. I didn't think it was important. <laughs> All the power at my house was off. All right, no. I couldn't find a pencil. Oh, so school and wife. Sure. Ernest. <laughs> well, add Ernest. Add Ernest. Yep. Oh, Edna. Edna Worrell. She's puts up with a lot, but, Seems you that know, way. that's what you get married to a registered nurse. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, okay. Random page, random page. Here's the page that I picked today. It's this one. Legal matters. Oh. <laughs> you sound thrilled. My nephew Raymond. I'm sorry, is this written uh, by Auntie Nelda? Uh, My nephew Raymond. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Ernest, so he has uh, a nephew Raymond. Okay. My nephew Raymond went on that television small claims court called People's Court. Dun, 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 dun. It was the case of the leaky pen in the father's best shirt that the son wore without asking. Okay. The judge asked Ray. So I guess Raymond did that thing. Yeah. So the, the judge asked Raymond why he wore his father's best shirt without asking, and Raymond says that his father wasn't using it because he bowled on Thursday nights. And then the judge says to Fred, the paternal plaintiff, "Your best shirt is a bowling shirt." And Fred says to the judge, "It looks better than that long black dress you're wearing." Got a little advice on legal matters based on the case. Never be guilty of contempt of people's court. The TV judge can't have you locked up, so he makes you wear your underwear on the outside of your clothes until you apologize. Ask Fred. You can't miss him. Know what I mean. So the main question <laughs> that I take away from that is, does Ernest have a brother named Fred? Or Edna does. Oh, I guess that's possible. Yeah, that is a question that I don't know. We have to join the Ernest fan club. Get that. And when we join the fan club, the Aaron Know What I Mean newsletter will tell us there's no, whether there's Ernest not has be a these brother. Answers. They don't exist. The writers are trolling us. You pick a page. Learn from my mistakes. I still believe. I know. It's adorable. Oh, my goodness. I would like to say that there is just a page in this book that is a blank page with a frame that has a question mark in all four corners. I think that might be going with the thing that's on the other side. Oh, you're right. What every woman should know about buying batteries. I don't get it. So wait, so okay, so it's a picture of Ernest, obviously. There's a bunch of question marks. Ernest is smiling down at this text that says, what every woman should know about buying batteries, and then it, there's a little indication to turn the page, and then there's a blank page with a frame and four question marks. So... I still don't get it. What should I know about buying a bad batteries? Check what size the thing that you need to put the batteries in. Am I supposed in. to write my own advice to myself? I don't know. So I'm going to move but... on to the opposite page, which is oh. this is this this seems telling. This is how to insult your neighbors the earnest way. Nice. All right, here we go. Where you been, buddy? 
Are That's these... not an insult. Yeah. All right. Are we communicating here? Who knows, Vern? Maybe we're related. Know what I mean? <laughs> About time you did a little fixing up, Vern. You're looking tired, Vern. Looking tired, Vern. Is this the water you drink? <laughs> huh. What'd that set you back? You've been looking for love on all the wrong stations. These are definitely ad quotes. The way you eat all this stuff, Vernon, I'm surprised you ain't belly up, know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, I'm sitting here warm and comfy while you're paying the big potatoes, know what I mean? You spend more time fixing this old heap than you do driving it. Is that the station you watch? <laughs> About time you got home, Vern. When you gonna wise up, buddy? Is, is that, that your, your body? body? Yes! I was <laughs> waiting for is that your body is that your body <laughs> now it yes now it don't take a mental heavyweight to figure that out know what i mean is that your lunch is that the car you drive yes, sensing a pattern is that your yeah. dinner yes it is Ernest. those are not very overtly insulting yeah yeah I really like, again, how the back cover of this book is the back of his head because the front cover is the front of his head. Okay. Oh, let's see. People to avoid. Okay. We're known by the company we keep, Vern. Birds of a feather flock together. So people to avoid. People who never have change. What <laughs> is the deal? What is going on with Ernest and change? I don't know. What I have spent on parking meters and tips alone could feed a family of six for a year. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. What is going on at the bottom of that page? Oh, wow. Wait, so this is a bunch of photos of... Looks like the Ernest Brain Trust. Wait, is that John Cherry? Yes. These are all photos of the Ernest Brain Trust. I don't know who that guy is, but he was definitely in Dr. Otto. Which guy? Oh, wait. Is that Shrugging Shoulders Businessman? Oh, yeah. Huh. I think these are photos of the Brain Trust. That's Uh, Some people in the Brain Trust, not all of them. Very strange. All right. Well, it's people to avoid. Well, there you go. joke. (laughs) All right. People who are accident prone. Hmm. Okay. It's a little pot kettle. When they slip on the ice, they'll grab onto you and you'll fall down with them. Fair enough. People who don't return things they borrow. I'll get that lawnmower back to you as soon as I get it running again. This is entirely pot kettle. People who don't remember your birthday. Mine was last week, by the way, Vern. I guess you must have mail-ordered me something that hasn't got here yet. And people who throw bottles at mirrors behind the bar. Seven years of bad luck is a lot to withstand. All right. I've seen some aggressive bottle throwing and mirror smashing. Really? On TV. Oh, I was going to say, where are you hanging out these days? Pick a page. Pick a page. Dance all your cares away. Oh, boy. All right. This seems... Wait, he just picked... A two-page spread that looks dense. This is called History. Oh, no. Past and Present. Okay. Buyer beware. Buyer beware? No, I'm just saying that about this because I'm giving a side eye to anything that's claiming to be history in these books. Okay. The town of Rugby, North Dakota is the geographical center of North America, and as a result, there's not one person there who is presently in analysis. What? What? Both Bandon, Oregon, and <laughs> Gloucester, Massachusetts, claim to be the cranberry capital of the United States, and no one from either town has spoken to each other in 47 years. Wait, both? Okay, wait. I, okay, wait. What did they say about... What was that center? The geographical center. I <laughs> I have to look this up. The... Rugby, North Dakota. Okay. Well, it is a place. Is it indeed the geographical center of North America? Um... Rugby is often billed as the geographic center of North America. It's true. There. Are, this is why it's making me insane. This is the trolliest book. <laughs> well, because 
Well, they start right. with, they start with that. They yep. go to something slightly more absurd, and then the third one is just Ed Ames has a twin sister that can't carry a tune. That's probably not true, but I'm I'm not sure anymore. Oh, brain trust. The Osmond family once challenged the entire Ted Rusker choir to a foot race. The proceeds were to go to charity. Okay, that can't be true. Ted Rusker of Little Rock, Arkansas, uh-huh. put the wham in the Whamalama Ding Dong. Okay, but he just made a fa- what? In Iran, okay, you can actually be blinded for judging a book by its cover. It is also Jeez. said of Iran that it is situated between Iraq and a, and a hard, hard place. place. <laughs> okay, we are spiraling. We've spiraled out of control now. This is off the rails. Continue. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna skip around just to some, some. some of the. Yeah, yeah. Um, these are. F- all quote-unquote facts. Albert Cornwall, 3rd Earl of Canterbury, was the first person to note that sometimes there just aren't enough days in the week. Okay. Any? Yeah, sure. All that glitters was once gold. Oh. Thomas Edison actually That's invented it. the phonograph in 1874, but never bothered to tell anyone for two years because there just weren't any good records out at the time. <laughs> That's cute. Kansas is known as, quote, the gateway to Nebraska. The first U.S. flag. Oh, Kansas. The first U.S. flag was made by Ross Ross, but he always insisted. Ross Ross. But he always insisted his wife Betsy made it because he was too embarrassed to admit that he sewed. And not that his name was Ross Ross. Nice. In the early days of the Oregon Territory, two thirds of the towns were named by a trapper politician named Peter Haskell. Many of the towns Haskell named are still in existence such as Walla Walla, Seattle, Seattle, and Spokane, Spokane. What? Though some of the names have been shortened through the years. I don't understand that. I give up. <laughs> Back to you in uh, the studio. Why did you pick the page of facts? I just pick the pages that, that call out to me. It, it's more like All the right. pages pick me, Aaron. All right. Um, how to breed rabbits? Go for it. Bet you didn't think I knew how to breed anything but power tools with small electrical appliances, did you, Vern? I mean, there are lots of people who do things you don't think they can do. <laughs> but your old buddy Ernest is versatile. Know what I mean? He's put hyphens in there. I assume he wants me to... Versatile. First, you fix up a big bowl of tossed salad and set it on the porch. It's best not to use onions, but do saturate it in ranch dressing. Then wait for the rabbits to drop by. If they don't, you probably live in the city, so you'll have to use a congealed salad. While what? the rabbits are eating, pick out the ones that look well-bred and put them on a high shelf. You can tell a well-bred rabbit because it doesn't chew with its mouth open. Keep this up until you have as many rabbits as will fit on the shelf. Sorry, what was the name of this again? How to Breed Rabbits. Oh. Once you've raised the rabbits, it's raised like you put them on a high shelf. Sure. You're in business, old buddy. You can cook them and serve rabbit on a stick or rabbit nuggets. So he meant how to raise rabbits, and he meant it literally. The good breeding uh, comment makes me think of Dr. Otto. You can use the skins to go into the profitable hair-weaving business in your own home. Of course, rabbits make wonderful pets in case you are stranded on a desert island with only your pet and no food. Okay, that's an amazing joke. (laughs) If you're stranded on a desert island with only your pet and no food, then rabbits make Make wonderful wonderful pets. pets. Oh, so you can because eat you it. can eat it. Okay, and there's always a big consumer demand for lucky rabbit's feet on a keychain. Why they believe they're lucky, I'll never understand. Because they weren't very lucky for the rabbit, and he had four of them. That's true. Yeah. Maybe it's something to do with the keychain. Know what I mean? Aww. Yeah. Okay, Ernest. I'll go. I'll go with you. It's a way to have rabbits. 
What else we got here? Oh, okay. Something visually catchy, I think. Are you right-eyed or left-eyed? Oh my gosh. This is the last page in the book. Okay, now that you're so darn smart, here's a simple little question that may just stump you silly. No, this ain't a trick question, Vern. This is serious stuff. Just like them do-it-yourself home surgery guides. Surgery spelled S-I-R-G-E-R-Y. In the Sunday supplement. And left-right politics ain't got nothing to do with it either. Folks are just naturally left-eyed or right-eyed, and I can prove it to you with this simple little test. Step one, sit still for a minute and focus both eyes on a distant object. Okie dokie. Doing it. Okay, step two. Now, hold up a pencil and position it over that distant object. There's a little memory test here too, Vern, because you got to remember which object you picked. Oh, no. Step three. Now shut your left eye. If the pencil is still lined up with the object, you're right-eyed. If it moved, you're left-eyed. Step four. Now this time, close your right eye. Wowee! Did you see that sucker jump? Like I told you, Vern, you're right-eyed. Uh, yes, this is all happening. Note, if your pencil jumped both times, Vern, you've got a real problem. But get lost, anyhow. I'm getting bored with this silly game. Okay, well, that happened, so I guess that happens for everyone, or I'm right-eyed. Well, should I try this? Yeah, I tried to cover that little tab, the okay. 3 four, one Yep, I got you. So I looked right at it, and okay. then I covered it, and now close your left eye. Okay. What happened? It's still covered. Okay, now close your right eye, open your left eye. Okay. Did it jump? Yeah. So I guess er that happens for everyone. But doesn't it just depend on which one you put it over or which hand you're using? I don't understand this. Covering it, covering it. This book is weird. Um, Well, it worked for, it was, I must just be how vision works. Well, okay, that's a nice insight is that Ernest apparently has studied this and come up with a theory based on his observations. Sure, it's science. science. It's it's Ernest science. Okay, here's another page. I will pick, I will pick, I will pick. <laughs> it's a pop quiz called Are You Normal? Okay. <laughs> Written by Ernest. <laughs> it's a pop quiz. Before you get into they're this. They're all true or false. There is a quiz in Ask Ernest. Oh, the personality quiz that tells you nothing. It has no answers. No. It has no answers. There's like no answer key where like you see what you got. Yeah. It's like Ernest was like, oh, hey, Vern, I saw this in another book. Let me share it with you. But then forgot to share, like, the the results. Yeah. Or he made the quiz, but he forgot how to do the answer thing. How quizzes work, yeah. Okay, are you normal? Sure. A pop quiz. So are you going to read this and I'll take the quiz? Sure, they're all true or false questions. I'm ready. Okay, when you stand on your head, the change falls out of your pocket. I know, he's got an obsession with change. We're going to see change in the (laughs) Ernest universe nonstop now. No, I don't don't know what's going on. When you stand upside down, does change fall out of your pocket? Uh, Yes, true. You have toyed with the idea of changing your name. True. Wow. You were born too soon. Too soon. That means I was born earlier than I should have been? Yeah. False. You feel dumb when you dial the wrong number. False. There's an ice tray in your freezer with only one cube in it. True. <laughs> <laughs> you do not know the capital of North Dakota. True. You left the bathroom light on. False. When the directions say you can't miss it, you always do. False. You haven't looked at your elbows in days. True. Even when nobody's looking, you try not to look dumb. Oh, Ernest. Mm, even when nobody's looking, you try not to look dumb. That I'm might be Ernest specific. I'm going to say false. Your favorite place on elevators is next to the buttons. True. You secretly envy people who look good in fuchsia. True. Right, your score. Add all the true answers, multiply by the false answers, and divide by your shoe size. If the number is greater than 47, you are probably good at math. 
That's much better than there, there being no <laughs> yeah, answer no key. Answer. It's just a gag answer key because at least someone thought about that. All right. It says you can cheat on this part. Okay. Ready. Now, these are multiple choice. Okay. You balance your checkbook almost sometimes or slightly less than sometimes. Slightly less than sometimes. Your brothers and or sisters are taller than you, shorter than you, and or none of the above. Taller than you. You squeeze the toothpaste from the middle, from a distance, or from memory. <laughs> from the middle. Which best describes the unmatched socks in your drawer? Why am I answering these questions? Ten, too short, or argyle. Too short. Your favorite thing on TV is Three Stooges or the horizontal control? The horizontal control. What's that? Um, on old televisions like CRTs, there were extra dials if you opened the door that would uh... control where the picture sat horizontally and vertically. What? Yeah. All right, and the last one. You think you're so smart because you buy your dried dog food and 100-pound sacks. When you take the last cup of coffee, you never make another pot, or you put peanuts in your cola bottle. I'm going to say when you take the last cup of coffee, you never make another pot. Your score, if you needed to have more choices to these questions, you are a multiple personality. Add 25 words to the following and write small. I absolutely had to park in the handicap spot because... And then add 25 words and write small because there's like no space. For yeah, I'm not doing words. this one. <laughs> you score this one on the honor system. All right, pretty cool. So we're going to have to wrap this up. Let me grab a couple of things. Let me see. I'm going to look for something that we need to talk Yeah, what about. are like what are like your necessities as Let's the owner see. of this book? How to pass physical, how to predict animal behavior, beware of recycled trends, ways to scare fish, questions I need to ask somebody. This is another list of questions. I've seen several pages that are that are just lists of questions. Wait, this is a book of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, but he can't help it. Why is he? he can't he's help not supposed it. to be asking questions. He's supposed to be giving answers. Uh, like in the book, ask Ernest. Thirty-one things I have wondered. These are more questions. Thirty-one. I'm furious. Do white mice cause cancer? What? Are bulls colorblind? Who are dorks? Who are dorks? Well, 31 is what to serve when dorks come to dinner. And then he needs to know who are dorks. What does RSVP stand for? I assume it's something uh, it's, not English. It's French. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's, this says facts. I'm going to skip it. Assume it's not a fact. What not to do if your heart is broken? Oh, dear. Oh, Ernest. He looks a little perturbed. He looks put out. He's got his arms folded. He's pouting. Yep. He's got angry eyebrows. What not to do when your heart is broken? All if right. your heart is broken. Hit me. Visit the place you first met your loved one and plant kudzu. Don't know what that is. Some sort of plant? Jump off a bridge. <laughs> Jeez. Buy a fat, ugly pet and name it after your ex-sweetheart. Nope. Stare at the sun. I mean, these are all good suggestions for what not to do. Dress up like a clown. Buy a hand buzzer. Call them on the phone, then hang up when they answer. Listen to sad music with the TV on. Watch Casablanca on the late movie. Think about Lover's Leap. Join the Peace Corps. Hold up curb markets. Walk with a limp. Burn your clothes. Are these jokes? Go shopping at Kmart on Saturday night. Move to Mexico and dye your hair. Are these all things Ernest did at some point when he got his heart broken? I think that's the implication. Oh, or maybe things that he had the urge to do. And he There's another recipe. There you go. Or Ernest things, loves recipes. Or things that he's seen people do in popular culture. Uh, like jump off a bridge. There's a page about the economy. Okay. Now, again, this is pre-Dr. Otto. It's about to come out. Look at the drawing. I'm looking at it. Okay, I think this is the drawing of a bad economy. There are drawings of men in suits 
I mean, look, one of the little drawn cartoon men has a gun to his head, David. He does, yes. No, this looks like... Another one is shouting at him. It looks like the fallout... It looks like the stock market... Uh... Collapsing. Yeah. All right, let's find something else. <laughs> All right, let's see. There's a maze that, since this is a used book, somebody already did. Mm. Spaghetti maze. Instructions. Cook one skinny spaghetti noodle for 25 minutes, drain well. Put one end of the noodle at start and the other end in earnest mouth without touching any of the lines. That's cute. Oh, dear. Look what's happened here. Whoever owned this book before me decided to add... Anatomically correct anatomically correct. He made an anatomical correction to this drawing of Ernest and also gave him a goatee, it looks like. The cleverest. Very generous. Hey, look, snake bites. Oh, dear. It's Ernest covered in snakes. What to do as soon as you notice a snake bit you? Tie a rag above the bite. Cut an X over each bite. Suck out the poison. Go to a hospital and tell them you drank poison. What? <laughs> because you sucked out the poison. That sounds like terrible advice. <laughs> oh, things I lie awake worrying about. These are more questions. <sighs> Ernest, this is your book of knowledge. You're supposed to tell us. There's a page here called Fiction and Fact. Okay. Which is confusing to me because that's all it says. And then there's a list of facts. So is it supposed to be that some of them are fiction and some of them are fact? Because that's the whole thing. This is reminding me of something from Ask Ernest. Me nuts. Which was that there was a section called Ernest P. Worrell's Believe It or Else. Daxons are really small crocodiles with fur. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or else. Household tips. How to tell the difference between a touchtone phone and a rotary dial phone. What? A good rule of thumb is to remember here circles versus squares. If the little numbers are on a circle, you probably have a rotary dial phone. Obsolete equipment, get rid of it. That's good advice. If they're on new modern squares, rest assure, rest assure. Yep. It's touch tone. Another rule of thumb is if you get your thumb stuck while dialing, chances are 10 to 1 you have fat fingers. <laughs> okay, I don't know. What shall we end on? Uh, you pick. I will give you one more pick and then I will pick the one to end on. How about that? Okay, that works for me. Okay. You can be anything you want. This is my final pick. <laughs> you just flip it through, shaking your head. All right, this is this is going to be quick, I think, <laughs> but I have things to say about it. So this is a page called All Time Know What I Mean Puzzle Machine. Check this out, buddy. There are words within words. Comprendo deja vu, Thunderbird? What? Okay. For example, take my all-time personal favorite, Know What I Mean. Uh-huh. Now see how many other words of at least two letters, old buddy, old pal, that you can make from the letters in Know What I Mean, Jelly Bean. Ready? Aim. Fire. So essentially what this is saying is take the word know what I mean, right. use the letters, and create other words that are at least two letters long. So like not, man, um, ten, him, woman, who, yeah, not. But I'd really like to draw K. attention to this illustration. <laughs> it's like a mashup of archaic diagrams of weird inventions. Yeah. It's like a drawing from like the... I'm going to say like the, the 1800s. Early, yeah, the late 1800s. Yeah, this is the 1800s. They look almost like some of them look like they could be uh, patent drawings. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Or scientific diagrams. Uh, there's a picture of Ernest's face in the middle doing the, the old apricot smash. He's getting his face squished in this 1800s invention. And then at the bottom, part of the invention has a bunch of wheels and gears and levers and yeah. cams and pistons. And they have written on one of the parts of the machine, built by Ernest. <laughs> okay. And I feel like that is consistent <laughs> 
with what we know about Ernest's inventing skills. So he's he was born in the wrong time, maybe. He's born. That's he, possible. He, he should yeah. be in the 1800s and then figuring out like the flying machine. Yeah. With the Wright brothers. Yeah, or like um, that's his kind of inventing. Like strange Leonardo da Vinci. Like drawings of outrageous inventions. You know, maybe Ernest was born in the wrong time because, like, all the things he would have invented have already been invented. He is a Renaissance man. I will give him that. Say, Ernest in the Renaissance. Renaissance Ernest. I'd buy it. Yeah. Literally. All right. What are you going to wrap us up with here, Aaron? It's tough. I know. I th- There's the so much knowledge in this me. book. And by knowledge, I mean questions that Ernest is posing instead of giving us knowledge. Do-it-yourself guide for installing a lifestyle in your home. I don't know what that means. means. Uh, And I assume that reading the section would not give us any information about it. Why? Based on precedent, yes. How to use refrigerator magnets. I'm sorry. Is this a section in an Ernest book about magnets? Oh, magnets. Magnets. Our second true love after cartoon electricity. Okay. This is a page called... Modern torture devices. All right, hit me. Did you ever wonder who thought up all this stuff? Again, a question, but sure. Okay, speed breaker bumps. Yep. They always put out these teeth-rattling nuisances in places where you couldn't speed anyway. Eh, debatable. Frozen orange juice. Just try and budge it out of the can without it attacking you. I don't have any experience with frozen orange juice. Revolving doors. Don't get in the same slot as your body. (laughs) That's accurate. Non-dairy creamer. Stir real fast or you'll get the non-dairy lumps in your coffee. Gotta have a thing about dairy products. He hates non-dairy. Oh, non-dairy creamer. Yeah, Sorry. non-dairy creamer. Oh, gotcha. Car burglar alarms. The only people who know how to turn them off is car thieves. <laughs> seems <laughs> seems that, that way. Right? Yeah. Answering machines. A cruel hoax and a ruse to make you talk to yourself. I feel like a lot of these are jokes from like somebody's stand-up. That all of all <laughs> of the jokes, yeah, all the this jokes should start with like. You, talk to yourself? You, you ever wonder about like car speed bumps? Like what's what's up you with those? Can't speed anyway. Am I, am I right? These are Ernest's thoughts. Ernest should go into a stand-up comedy. No, no, no. Bubble packages. Sure. You seal up a piece of cardboard with a piece of molded plastic, and what you want is locked inside and can't ever get it out. I do hate those. Oh, like Got a, scissors. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tube socks. Do tubes wear socks? No, and feet don't wear tubes either. Sure. The miniature spare tire, brought to you by the same folks who invented miniature warranties. Heat-sensitive elevator buttons. In the winter, you're forced to use your tongue. Ooh. Wait, what? I've oh, never, I guess oh some my elevator gosh. buttons are heat-sensitive. <gasps> that seems that seems like a bad a idea. Thing? Apparently, I'm gonna go with yes. I guess it must because yeah. he's complaining about it. These do seem like complaints. Yeah. Well, he said he's modern, modern torture, torture devices. devices. Sure. Creative financing. It's amazing how many. Clever things they think of to do with my money. And again, <laughs> things that the earnest writers get annoyed by. Name tags. It's a, su- it's a subcategory. Yeah, name tags. What a great party. A room full of people staring at each other's lapels. <laughs> Golf on TV, who can handle that kind of tension. Pedestrian crossing buttons. Sure, they're going to let someone without a car control the traffic light. Well, Those yeah. are, at least in New York, largely irrelevant. Yeah, they're irrelevant everywhere I know. Multi-screen movie theaters. These might be okay if they included multi-snack bars. Oh, interesting. I wonder if they were just Maybe they didn't introduced. at one point. Dehydrated beef stroganoff. You have to sit around the campfire eating reconstituted hash while your buddies barbecue steaks. No, you don't have to, Ernest. These are things that annoy the writers. I'm going to read them, but then I'm going to find something earnesty. Computerized restaurant checks. Who ordered the BLI? Did I get two TBAs? Machines that make change. What? <laughs> what is the deal? 
What is going on? If you forgot to iron your one dollar bill, you can forget the change. They really hate <laughs> change machines. All right, you know. I don't understand. That's, I'm gonna end with this because I think it's it speaks to Ernest. Um, he knows more than he lets on. Sure. He knows what's going on. Yeah. He's a genius, and this is nice knowledge for the kids. What they mean when they say, or what they really mean when they say. Okay. Now, th- that was hard for me to read because the words are all out of order. Correct. And one of them is upside down. I imagine that's how Ernest sees books. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This is a dyslexic person's the, the book. The words turn into little dancing men. The words are all out of, yeah. They're, okay. Number one, may I help you? Yep. Means, are you going to spend any money? Okay. This is Ernest translating. I feel like he took a while to figure these out, and now that he does, he's like, I need to let people in on this. Mm-hmm. Everyday low price means this doesn't go on sale till next week. Void where prohibited means don't move to Kansas. Okay. Slightly irregular, you buy it, you fix it. Reliable source means the person in charge said it, but he won't admit he said it. Glad to meet you means I didn't catch your name. Whatever you say means a dumb idea like that isn't worth arguing with. Accurate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hope you're feeling better. It means you don't look it. (laughs) You're looking so much better means you're looking a little bit less awful. Got a minute means my battery needs jumping. And will there be anything else means here's the tab. All right. You figured that out, Ernest. He's going to be okay. More more social acuity than we generally give him credit for. Yeah. He's got it. I feel like it took him a couple tries, but he's got it. Okay, wait. One more. What right. to do when you spot a UFO? Okay, we, we cannot read this whole book. This is the <laughs> last one. Okay, okay, last okay. One. What's the what is it? What do you do? I mean, look at the look at the art there. That's terrifying. That is positively. <laughs> I can't even explain what's happening. Ernest no. has a bowl on his head. No, don't even okay. <laughs> read the text, Aaron. Number one, make sure it isn't a hoax. Pie pans, flocks of birds, and regular commercial airliners have been mistaken for UFOs. Be sure it clearly says UFO on the side, or you'll look real stupid later. I mean, that is a good way to tell. Two, don't throw rocks at it. That's no way to act with strangers. That's fair. Polite. Three, note the exact time of day and the weather conditions. The police will be there soon, and they always ask this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Four, act natural. UFOs can sense fear and will sometimes attack without mercy if they know you're scared. Think about something pleasant, like last year when we all went to Panama City for a week. I didn't go with you, Ernest. (laughs) If captured, five. If captured, give only name, rank, serial number, and anything else they want to know. Why pretend? Save yourself. Wait, Six. if captured, give only, only give name, all the information. Yeah, and anything else they want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Six. And the, the last one. Six. Don't bring them home with you. Sure, they're cute, but who knows where those little intergalactic guys have been. Imagine how sick space flu could make you. It's the kind of thing he worries about. And to think I almost became a space pet. <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways, uh, I do feel like... That was lovely. That I was do lovely. feel like the books, again, are spiritually connected, not only to ads, but also to Haver and its Ernest, the TV show. Like, they have the art, they have the sort of, like, jumbled mishmash of topics. Yes. There's a lot of stuff that is just, this is stuff the writers think about, or this is stuff that annoys the writers. It's just a, like a weird mixed bag of strange. That's why we love it. It, it is. But <laughs> it's like it, Hey Vern is Ernest. I feel like yeah. at least Hey Vern, it's Ernest, the show, doesn't pretend to have, <laughs> to have any <laughs> real information. information. 
Well, yeah, but it, yeah, this is more like messing with children. Yes, I feel like this. Although, again, there's things in Habernet's Ernest that if I were a child watching the show, I would believe were true that are not. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, and, but some of it is true, and some of yes. it is not. Yeah. And well, that's life, Dave. Sure. Ernest teaches you about life. That's right. That's right. But sorting through the facts and the fiction. Yep. Delightful. If you can, listeners, even though we've uh, narrated a lot of the best parts, oh. um, they are definitely worth seeking it's out subjective. for the vi- Well, I was just going to say they're worth seeking out for the visuals. Oh, yes. For sure. Um, because we can't accurately describe, as is no. often the case in audio words, no. the, uh, the visual delight. They really are something, the photo collages, yeah. as we'll call them. Yeah. I mean, as nonsensical and confusing as they are, they are also... Someone took the time to compose and arrange everything, and it—they're really creative, yeah, and fun and well designed. Just like really bizarre, they're arty, you know. Yeah, crafty. It's, it's a very strange <laughs> type of book, but one which is enjoyable. I like the idea of Ernest designing it, but like cutting things out of magazines and then cutting his face out and photocopying it. What do you think the reality of the Ernest like photo shoot is? Like the cover of that book. <laughs> Like, did Ernest... He just walks in. Did he go to, like, a photo session? I guess. I don't know. I think we can only take Ernest as a real person within that world and not think too much outside it. Sure. And the photo shoot is probably outside it. Photo shoot stuff is fourth wall. Mm. We haven't broken it. We we just got to take him at face value. Well, I was trying to, within the world of Ernest, make the photo shoot make sense to my brain, I think Uh, is what I was getting at. Well, in the world that Ernest wrote these books... Mm Mm-hmm. He's a TV personality. He's a, it's a Splash so yeah, Mountain. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. It's Ernest goes to Splash Mountain. Ernest logic. and his friend, the famous Vern. Yeah, Vern. That's famous fine. Vern. I'll, so, I'll accept that. So check out these books. Definitely seek them out if you can find them. If you have the means, they are very recommended. If you have the books, let us know what your favorite bits are. Yeah. Buy David's book. Yes, the Lego animation book. Available in fine bookstores everywhere. So after our next extra. Yes. We're out of books. That's true. And we're out of movies. Yep. We're out of TV shows. What's left, Aaron? What else can we possibly venture into? I think it's time to start having those hard discussions, Dave. Okay. I'm game. What What? what do you want to start with? I'm rubbing my hands There's together. So much to pick apart. There's Ernest Analogs. Yes. There's uh, Ernest movies that never were. Oh, yeah. That almost were. Well, which would you like to do next? I think it's time to move to general views of the material. Okay. Start examining the entire Ernest canon in a broad sense, I think... We need to talk about the Ernest love interests. Okay. I think we'll do Ernest and love. I want to know who is the bestest. <laughs> who is the love interest or not quite love interest? Sure. I mean, there's so many things to talk about, but that's the one I'm really excited to talk about. So All right, well, let's do that next. That. Yeah. The straight up love interests versus the not quite love interests. Who takes the case? It doesn't matter. It's love interest. Right. Who takes it? Who is the best? This is very subjective, so I'm curious where this discussion will go. I want to know. Weigh in. You know, I have a, an opinion. I know. I've made my opinions fairly clear. I was going to say, I've never known you to have opinions but, or to you know, articulate my them. My opinion might be changed if presented with enough compelling evidence. Sure. I sure, want to give sure. every love interest or not quite love interest their fair shake. Yep. So, until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us this far. Thanks for sticking with us onward. Yep. We're going to start giving our overall thoughts on the canon. Subscribe. Tell your friends about our audio dissertation mm-hmm. so we can keep the legacy going. And we will see you next time. Take care, listeners. Viva Lavarni!